For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And all of the papers this morning are saying thank you to the late Vicky Phelan on the front and inside pages. There are just pages and pages and pages of tributes and also looking at her life story and what she went through on behalf of herself and indeed how she fought for all of us, which is actually a headline in the front of the mirror this morning. She fought for all of us. Uh, her husband says, mum of two inspired the nation as a brave cancer campaigner and died at the young age of 48. She was born in 1974. The Sun this morning says, thank you, Vicky. Front of the mail today, Vicky, a fearless warrior for Irish women. The Examiner has a big thank you on their uh, front page as well. And they break down, actually, uh, in some of the newspapers this morning, uh, the timeline of uh, Vicky Phelan's fight uh, back to 2000. Uh, and eight, when cervical check was actually first established. And of course, Vicky then, having her smear sample uh, collected following the birth of her son in 2011, and the test read clear, so no abnormalities detected, nothing to see here. Of course, that was all wrong. And it turned out that that smear test was inaccurate, just like the smear tests of many other women. And the mail this morning then catalogued down through the years from that date onwards, her struggle, her fight, the legal battle she took on, the campaigning for many others. In fact, the papers this morning actually have some very, very strong quotes attributed to the likes of, uh, of Vicky Phelan. And I'll, I'll go through some of them and read some of them a little later on this morning in quite some detail. Um, the papers then also talk of what will happen next because she says and has said and quoted that uh, she doesn't want this to be the end of it, or her death or her passing, because she knew that that day inevitably would come. Papers this morning then uh, have a lot of other people passing tribute to her uh, and of course we also have to acknowledge others that passed away from cervical cancer who also had their smear tests incorrectly read uh, over the years and they feature of course uh, women like Elaine Flannery uh, from Blarney who died eight years ago uh, at the age of 59 after a cervical cancer was allegedly uh, missed during a routine smear and then there's the story of Ruth Morrissey these are uh, stories from this morning's mail today who died and look at look at these stories of these women all so young Ruth Morrissey died in July 2020 at the age of 39 um, Lindsay Bennett of course who died recently just last month at the age of 34 we the story of Irene Teep who died from cervical cancer five years ago at the age of 36 uh, and then there's one final one of course uh, very much in the media for a lot of her short life, well, the latter end of her short life was Emma Vicvahuna, the mother of five from West Kerry, who died in 2018 at the age of 37. Many, many women in their 30s didn't even make 40. A lot of quotes to Vicky then. Uh, things like she said when she was speaking on the smear scandal itself, she said, there was no way I was going to be shut up. I couldn't have it on my conscience, she said. Uh, after hearing that 17 women affected by the false negative test had actually died, she said, by God, I'm going to take these guys on. Um, when she was dedicating her autobiography, Overcoming, to her children, she said, you are my reason for living. It, was, it has all been for you. Uh, on her drive over the years to have the truth uh, heard and for people to be held accountable, she says, I don't want your apologies. I don't want your tributes. I want action. I want change. I want accountability. And in the latter days of her life then, um, and talking about uh, being on palliative care and having stopped chemo, she says, I'm sleeping more than I ever did. My body is tired. Now I'm giving into it. 
Um, and on the story then regarding uh, people power and how people power can change anything, she says, we shall overcome if we all work together. And they're just some of the quotes that make the papers today. Many of them have, uh, you know, m- numerous, numerous tri- tributes on the front and inside pages to the late uh, Vicky Phelan. Uh, people even been texting this programme with their tributes and their kind words to 0868 104 106. In other news this morning, a story that we were looking at in quite some detail yesterday morning was the member of the Garda Shikana who was uh, struck by a car while on duty in East Cork, rushed to hospital suffering severe leg injuries. Uh, he was. Uh, he, it was an unmarked, unmarked squad car, and he was helping a motorist. These are the things that members of Vanguard Shikana do: helping a motorist whose vehicle had broken down uh, on Sunday evening. Now conditions were shocking; they were the worst kind of conditions uh, for driving, and it was dark, and visibility wasn't great, and it was wet, and the roads were slippy, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's out of danger, thanks be to God. He did have a leg amputated, but he's on the road to recovery. Now, this morning, the mirror is saying it will be a long road to recovery, uh, but the scans apparently have confirmed no brain injuries. So that's, a, at least, that's a, a nice update with regards to his condition, and we wish him well. A lot of court cases making the papers today. One of them is something that we touched on in the past, and I have to be careful about what I say, because uh, as two individuals before the courts now, um, they were refused bail, actually, Damien Fitzgerald from Fairhill and Damien Long from uh, Mayfield. But the story and the allegation involves a 98-year-old woman who was collecting her pension at her local post office in Cork and was knocked to the ground, dragged along by two attackers who robbed her, it was alleged. And uh, two men are now before the Cork District Court. Uh, so the 93-year-old woman was uh, walking along Wellington Road just after 4 p.m. on the afternoon of November 9th. She had collected her pension, 98 years old, went for an amble down to St. Luke's Post Office to pick up her pension. Two men came up behind her, grabbed her handbag. Uh, the woman was knocked to the ground by the two men, dragged along the ground as she tried to hang on to her handbag, the misfortune. Uh, and then her assailants managed eventually to pull it from her grasp and made off with the bag which contained her pension, her mobile phone, her house keys, um, according to the detectives that are giving evidence in court, um, there was strong evidence against the accused, including CCTV footage. A 98-year-old walking down to get a pension. You might recall the name Tom Nyland. That's a story that makes the Independent today. Just to remind you, he's the farmer who suffered life-changing injuries when he was violently, violently attacked in his home. His relatives are saying that he is wasting away in hospital. He's unable to eat. He's unable to move. There's been little improvement in his condition. Uh, he had been on, uh, he's been on life support at Sligo University Hospital since. Uh, they call it an aggravated burglary. It doesn't do justice to what happens to somebody when uh, a burglar comes into their home, ransacks the home and beats them up and leaves them half dead. And this is, of course, something that happened to Tom Nyland back in January of this year leaving him with serious injuries and now he is wasting away. And then an attack on the streets of Cork, of course, and much of these attacks, unfortunately, are drug-related. And it's the story of a young mother who is now trying to turn her life around since she carried out a serious attack on another young woman in Cork City, slashing her extensively across the face. And that young mother now has been jailed for two years. And the scourge of drugs and heroin and opiates and amphetamines and all sorts of other drugs like that on our streets is ever-growing, really and truly ever-growing. I was in town yesterday, and whatever way, I was just walking along the street, I heard two young fellas just walking past me, very young. And I, I mean, if I were to hazard a guess, I would say in their late teens, no more than that. And they're walking down one of the streets, chatting to each other, and one fellow says to the other, have you gone 
uh, for your uh, methadone this morning. And I thought, oh my God, I hope to God he has, and they do, and they try and turn their lives around. Have you gone for your methadone this morning? And they're still in their teens. And then there's the story of um, uh, Edel House, to help those that need it. And they've pumped an awful lot of money into it. I'll come back to this a little later on this morning. I have an email from some residents there but seven and a half million according to the Echo is what they've put into Edel House and that's Good Shepherd's Cork Emergency Service Shelter uh, for women and children and of course um, that needs to be scaled up more and more and more because there are more people constantly looking for the help of Edel House to get out of their own situation at home uh, so that's a story and uh, you know you'll never find a politician who'll refuse a photograph and of course Micheál Martin was doing the rounds there over the last couple of days and he was also in Edel House uh, Christmas is coming and the uh, Turkeys are getting fat. Well, apparently, to according to the Irish Mirror, there will be Christmas turkey and there won't be a disruption to supply in spite of the fact that an entire flock of birds now have had to be culled up the country. They think something in the region of 3,000 turkeys have been culled in a farm in Monaghan in, um, in, in, with regards to avian flu and, and bird flu. But they break down as to how it might impact the price of turkey when you look at the Duns and the Super Values and the Tesco's, the Lidl's and the Aldi's, and that's a story that makes quite some detail. Two different stories then, just very briefly. They're saying the car premiums have dropped by 27%. You could have fooled me, because in car and premium renewals in our house over the past year or two, they've done nothing like dropping. They've all increased. So I don't know if they come up with these figures, but they're saying the premiums are down and that the average cost of car insurance... Check out your own premium and see if it's anywhere near yours. The average cost is €600, Euro, and it's dropped more than a quarter in the last five years. I don't know, do they just make this stuff up or what? But there's a lot of cost of living payments over the next couple of weeks. And I mean, an awful lot. And the first of them uh, happens um, this week, of course, uh, with the fuel allowance coming in and different dates like that for people on disability and different kind of benefits and invalidity and what have you. Back to work payments and stuff like that. Family blind payments, community employment payments, deserted wife's allowance. Many of them will be rolled out uh, to people with different social welfare payments starting, sorry, did I say this week? My apologies. The week of the 1st uh, of December. Um, The Christmas bonus as well. Uh, They're also talking in the papers today of more job losses. I think it's kind of extraordinary that you would have Amazon laying off 10,000 staff, but yet Jeff Bezos, uh, who's got um, a 125 billion euro fortune, says he's going to give all his money to charity. So how can you say you're going to give 125 billion to charity that you don't want your own money, but at the same time, you lay off 10,000 staff? Uh, The papers talk of that. Well, well, they're not talking about why you wouldn't give it to staff, but they talk about the 10,000, which is following in other companies, the likes of, they're even saying that Apple have scaled back on their hiring, but at least there's no talk of Apple laying off anybody anytime soon. And officially now, our population makes the papers today. It's quite interesting, the amount of people on the planet. Uh, there are two different figures of interest. Uh, one has to do with the fact that there are now, uh, where did I see it this morning? I have too much paperwork for my own good. The amount of uh, refugees living in the country and then the amount of people actually living on the planet. There are 8 billion of us. A baby born somewhere on Tuesday today will be the world's 8th billionth person. Isn't that incredible? That today we will pass the 8 billion mark with regards to the amount of people living on the planet. Uh, Oh yeah, and the other story then has to do with uh, the amount of Ukrainian refugees that are now in Ireland. The figures rose to 62,000 Ukrainians living in Ireland confirmed yesterday. And that figure also, just like the world's population of 8 billion, continues to rise. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. 
Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. It's kind of interesting as well. There's one other story. I love your thoughts on it because, of course, Qatar, the World Cup starts this weekend. And Qatar as a location has come up with huge amounts of criticism, really, with regards to gay rights, for instance. It's actually a crime to be gay in Qatar and you'll get into an awful lot of trouble. Alcohol consumption, of course, an awful lot of trouble there. But more importantly than alcohol consumption, I suppose, is women's rights that are severely restricted in the state of Qatar. Their human rights record is atrocious. In fact, the issues regarding slave labour in Qatar has been criticised for many, many years. And, you know, I don't know whether you're aware of, aware of it, but because of the conditions that some people work in in Qatar, building those World Cup stadiums has led to people's deaths. There's a lot of criticism now because David Beckham apparently is the face of Qatar. Not just the World Cup tournament, but he's actually been the ambassador for Qatar he signed, a, I think it was a, a, like a 10-year deal or something with Qatar to be the face of the country for a decade and was paid £10 million for it. And there's talk now that that was a big mistake and that he should give his money back. In fact, Eric Cantona has even rode in on it. He's saying that Beckham took a, made a big mistake by taking the money and becoming an ambassador for Qatar. And Amnesty also have criticised Beckham uh, because Beckham recently heaped praise on Qatar but ignored the appalling human rights record. And it also is an issue for Beckham because he has for many years been a status as a gay icon. Icon, And they're saying that that will be shredded as well if he's taken cash from Qatar. And Joe Lysett, the comedian, said that he will put £10,000 of his own money into a shredder in a week's time if Beckham doesn't end his multi-million pound deal with Qatar to promote the 2022 World Cup. Uh, which is another waste of money, uh, if you think of it, because Beckham is hardly going to uh, give the money back or cancel the deal and be sued by Qatar. So I'd say Joe Lysett will be shredding 10 grand, and that's more money wasted. Just your thoughts on that, actually, because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of talk about the World Cup, and when you hear about it, it's all kind of negative about Qatar and what have you. Anyway, text 0868104106. I need to get straight to my phone calls. I'll come back to that and lots more besides after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I actually think, and this is the way my crazy mind works, I actually think that the CUMH has a great opportunity this morning or right now to seize the moment here and claim the world's eighth billionth person. Because there's got to be a baby about to be born or being born or having just been born at the CUMH at some stage this morning. So she should take a photograph and the family of the child and everything should be involved in it saying the world's eighth billionth baby because a baby born today I don't know I know there's a big world up there and lots of babies will be born but we're as entitled to it as anybody else aren't we anyway text 0868104106 Mary I think is online too sorry Mary good morning good morning Neil I don't know can you hear me alright you can your, your, your kindness and your generosity or that of yourself and your husband is turning into a, a bit of a problem do you want to share that story what, what, what's going on um, basically, I'm ringing you up. My main concern is the welfare of an elderly lady yeah. in Macroom. Right, okay. She's 83. <clears throat> she's diabetic. She's got severe arthritis. One eye, and she's dead bound. Right, she's, she's got a lot going on. An awful lot. She's on a load of medication and everything. She has no carer. And basically, how I came to stumble upon her is that 
my husband used to drive her now and then and he was at a match with his son, with our son and he got a phone call of a lady crying over the phone. And what, where would he drive her when she was able to, was that when she was able to go out, is it? Yeah, he, he used to drive her in for her pension and Good man. back out again. Yeah, okay. Kind act. But yeah. um, he, he rang me and he said, um, would I know who was crying over the phone or anything? I said, I hadn't a clue, like. So he said, listen, there's one old lady. It might be her because her number was on private. Yeah. So I, li- I live a mile away from her. And what, did so, she say anything on the phone when she rang him crying? No, no, she, she was just crying. Right, okay. And I walked out anyway. I didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> so the, her little doggy was down at the hall and he was in a panic. He ran up the stairs. I went up after her. And I found this lady knotted up in the sheets, hanging out of the bed, going in and out of consciousness. She was actually, her head was touching the floor and the phone was off the hook. And I said, geez, I was in a bit of a panic. What do you think had happened to her? Um, uh, her carer apparently was away for a week and they never replaced the carer. Right, okay. And she never took her medication or, and she just went into a diabetic coma. She was going in like, so I, I put her up, back up in the bed <clears throat> and I tried tapped her face, you know, for her to come around. And I went down and I got her some water and she still wasn't, you know, getting any better. So I dialed 999 and... Got was her she conscious to be able to talk to her? Chat no. with her? Get her? After a while she came around, she did, but at, at the start she wasn't. Right. See, her teeth were out as well and yeah. her mouth was closed. Yeah. So she couldn't... She was in a bad way. And lives alone, of course. So, I mean, that goes without that saying. Yeah, with her dog. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. But um, after that, she was put into a home and they left her out and she had a care. So I was delighted. You know, we were off the hook. Yeah. She had her care. She was being minded. And up until a few weeks ago, we got phone calls again that she had no care. And she was on her own and not being fed. And she rang, she rang you and your husband to tell you that, is it? She, she, she's after kind of latching on to me, in a way. <laughs> uh, sure, I know. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't want to see her, you know. It, nobody cares for her. I know, I know. And why is that? Like, why is it that, first, well, it's hard to believe that a carer would go on holidays and nobody would organise a roster for somebody to take over for the week but then she went after after you found her um, I don't know whether she'd fallen out of the bed or half fell out of the bed but she, she no, knotted up in the sheets knotted up in the sheets yeah, uh, yeah because she had been alone for probably yeah. a number of days without water or food or couldn't reach her medication yeah. she probably half fell out of the bed when she was trying to ring your husband for help right yeah, and she knocked the phone off the hook then, so she was told. And then she was completely um, at yeah. sea then. She had no act, act, she could get to nobody or contact no one at that stage because the phone's out of reach and she's bed bound. But why, when she came out of hospital, why would she get a carer for a while and then th- that stopped? Um, apparently, um, she, she can back now and then when she's healthy enough. You know, she gets cross. Cross, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the carers don't like that. But carers that I know are very well trained to deal with people who would be temperamental. They have great skills that's, like that. That's exactly what I was thinking myself. Yeah. Because my my sister is a carer and she says she has the most cantankerous people. Yeah. 
know. I mean, the work that carers do is incredible because they have to deal with people, firstly with all sorts of illnesses and some just old age. I I, I agree. But cranky people as well or demanding people or fussy people. It's part of the package. It is. It's part of the package. Yeah. But basically some some carers can't take it and they won't turn up. She's alone, not only for me and my husband, no, she's totally alone. And did you ever Um, find her kind of pushy or cranky or cantankerous? She can be when she, you know, like if we put vegetables on her plate or anything, she kind of gets cross because she doesn't like veg, she doesn't like peas or beans or anything. But I mean, just no, no big deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, in fairness to you, you're putting no. food on her table and heating and cooking her dinner. I mean, would she ever say thank you for that? She would. Yeah. She would. She's always, she's very, very thankful. Okay, okay. But Just... she's after alienating a lot of um, the carers. And I, I rang up their boss and I asked. And one carer, one put me on to the other and the other put me back on to the other person. So I was just giving the run around. So I said, I got crossed with them. Then I said, this can't be left down to me. And I asked them, who else would I call? And they said, oh, your best bet now would be step back, step away from her. Abandon her? Yeah. I said, if I step away, she will die. Yes. And then she said, are you in a relation? this lady I said no and she said well I can't discuss this with you I can't discuss it with you because you're not a relation I advise you to walk away from her knowing that there there are no relations are there there's she has a sister in England but she's the same age and they have contacted for years right so So there's nobody else that could step in if you're not traipsing the roads up and down to her house to make her dinner and make sure she gets her medication and has water and that she's warm no one else will do that except you. Nobody, no. And Nobody they said cares. to you, and the HSC said to you, walk away. Uh, yes. Okay. Walk so away. if you walked away right now and didn't visit this elderly lady anymore, uh, what would happen to her? I'd, I'd give her three days and she'd be dead. Three days? She's not taking her medication. You have to be there to give her the medication in the morning and make sure she takes it at night. And she forgets as well, like, you know, and she gets her medication mixed up. It's, she's totally neglected, totally. And no, I'm not knocking the carers or the HSE, but there's some, there's something wrong there. Yeah, I I find it extraordinary because as I say, the level of carers in Cork is incredibly high. Like any industry or any employment, you'll get a few rogues here and there, but by and large, they do wonderful work and they're highly trained, very compassionate, very understanding. Um, you know, so I, I, must, I know unless this woman must be very, very difficult. I don't know. She, she's not. She, the only thing she'd do is she'd get cross. I mean, she wouldn't hit. She wouldn't, you know, she'd get cross. And you put up with it or you pretend not to hear it. That's what you do, like. But you're not, if, if you've been told and you're categorically telling me you were told, walk away... Yes. So that's elder abuse. I was told to walk away, 100%. To distance myself. But yet they have put no plan in place to help this woman that will die in three days, you say, without medication, without food, without heat, without water. No. Apparently, none of the carers will go to her because they've been abused, so they say. Did the HSE tell you that? Yes. And her case was in review. 
So I left the go for a week before I went on to them again. And they said, oh, there was nothing done. Oh, I was on holidays. I was away, you know. But you're like the state. Ha- the state has an has an, the state has an obligation of care to this woman. Yes. HSE yes. has the those yes. that control the rostering of home care appointments have. What about her GP? Oh sh- no, she has. She doesn't like her GP. Yeah, she's a cranky woman. I'd say yes. right, but in spite of everything, she still <laughs> deserves care. I mean, oh, there no, she's got a ton of medication, and she doesn't know what it's for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just all wrong. It's all wrong. All I want is for someone to get a care. Okay. Behind yeah. it. Okay. All right. Basically. Okay. We'll 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 raise the we'll raise the query with the HSC press as to why this woman has been abandoned like that, uh, and everything you're sta- saying to me, you'd stand over as being factual. Yes, one hundred percent. And do you? How many times uh, do you go every day? Yeah, and another thing too, Neil. Even when she does have carers, um, there's no one Saturday or Sunday. Can she get out of the bed anymore now, no? She can barely get out to go to the toilet. And that's it. She's, that's, she's just... But Mary, wouldn't she be a lot better off in a care home facility? 100% she would. And there's a local hospital here in Macomb. And I went up there last year about her because I was worried. You're very kind. And they said they were getting houses, apartments built around there and they might have room for her. Okay. Well, at, at least that's something in the future. But for now, uh, what's happening to her with regards to carers or indeed help and treatment and intervention from the HSE is certainly lacking. So we need to, we need to get onto them urgently and find out why and what they're going to do about it. Yeah, it would be brilliant if yeah. she got some place in the local college hospital here in Macroom. But you're, I mean, you're saying that without help or without you calling, she'd be dead by the end of the week. She would. She is, would. She, is she far from where you live? She's a mile, over a mile. Do you drive over or walk over? I, I walk most of the time. You bring a dinner with you? Um, I walk in the morning and my husband takes the dinner out with me in the evening. She's one lucky that, woman that, that she has a neighbor. Have. She has neighbors like you. I know, I know. And what I'm does she do? What does she do for washing and showering and stuff like that? Absolutely nothing. Oh, for she's God. Got, I, I'm sorry, no, to be so rude, no, but she, she has the same clothes on for nearly three weeks in the bed. She has a jumper and socks, that's all. And what and about heat? Is she heat? She has the heating on 24-7. My God Almighty, the bills! I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. She needs somebody to look after properly, like she does. Oh, listen, you've told the story very well. It's apparent to everybody listening that this is this is just absolutely shocking that anybody, regardless of how cranky or cantankerous, and we could all be that way. And I suppose if you've got a lot of health issues and only have one eye and you've arthritis and you're on numerous different medications and you're bed bound, is it any wonder you'd be cranky? I know, I know. All right. That's okay. Why I... okay. All right, Neil. I All right. I'd okay. Bring you. Listen, All thank right, you for care. getting in touch, and we'll we'll make those very urgent calls. I'll be back to you, Mary. You're heading over there today, anyway. I suppose. Have you been this morning? I am, yeah. No, not yet. She said not to wake her up until about eleven. <laughs> so. You're, I, I you're a wonder I, woman I in don't fairness. Want the head taken off me. I know. <laughs> you're very good yourself and your All husband. Right. All right. Neil. Take care for now, Mary. Cheers, Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. What do you um, think of that? I mean, am I hearing things oh, or what? 
I'm not hearing things at all. I tell you no, I won't mention places now, but I live in Blackpool and there's a lady living about six metres from my front I don't, door. And I don't want to know exactly where she is, no, any location for safety, no, GDPR and security. Exactly. You see, the lock has broken the door. She can't lock the door, so she has the door open. She has no heating. Rubbish bags piled up inside the door. She, her window is open. She gets The guard gets in and out the window if the door is locked if they can't, if the fire alarm goes off at least four times this week now the fire brigade were out because the alarm is going off inside why, so why, she, why is the alarm she, going off why is the alarm going off she tries to light the fire in a house in a house full of rubbish in a house full of rubbish correct and the fire brigade have been in there and report they must have put that in a report like you know it's a disaster the people next door to her are scared of their lives in case the whole place will go up you know she's on very heavy medication because she'd be screaming during the night keeping people awake it, it's in this day and age Neil it's a disgrace the poor misfortune I had to go down to the shop this morning for a, for a bottle of milk and a loaf of bread. No, I brought him up to her and she was, dis- uh, no disrespect, but she was manky with the dirt she wouldn't have washed in months. Oh, you know, months, no, I'm talking about. Like, I wouldn't go into the house, the fire brigade would go in. They, they, they went in a few times and they were wearing masks. And uh, they said they'll report us. I asked them to report it and report it and report it, but there's no one coming out. No home help, no politician, no nothing. What do you mean? No, why in. isn't there home help? I mean, I don't. I haven't. Uh, can you put an age on this elderly lady? I put an age now on this lady at seven, seventy-five to eighty-five. I'd say. Right. She could be more. She could be younger even, but she's. I don't think she is. You know, she. She. God love us. She's sitting at the door now as I look over, and she's frozen with the cold. Are you looking at her now? Yeah, she's frozen with the cold. Is she indoors or outdoors now? Outdoors, sitting at the door. The actual lock has broken our door. And, you know, and she's sitting there for a bit of air. Okay, and, I, yeah, and, and you looking you, at her lonely. You, you kind of look out. You, can, you look out for her, do you? I mean, you say you did her shopping I do. this morning. I, I I do the best I can, Neil. Right. You know, I don't be there all the time, like you know. But anytime she wants something, I'll get it for her. Right. And how do you know? how do you know that? You just call and check and say, "All right, do you need anything regularly?" Is it? No, she's at the door. She 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 be at the door twelve hours a day, nearly. You know, just sitting at the door. She, no radio, no nothing for the, the poor woman. Right. It, it, something should be done, Neil. God love us to, in this day and age, like a misfortunate woman. I don't know what kind of issues she has health-wise. But did she refuse help, know. do you know? That, no, I don't know. So you've never kind of had a chat with her about her life story or anything like that? No, she, I asked her about her family one morning and she said they're in England. But she she has a, an, an Irish accent, like a Cork accent. Right. So. And what does she do for food? Hot food, proper food. Oh, there's no hot food. That's at all. Not just bread. No, I got this morning for the, the bread and milk I got for her. Though I'd often go over with something, you know. If I was doing a dinner there, no, like I'd have something. I go over and I say, I I can't mention her name. I say so and so. Look, there's something there for you, or a sandwich or something. But she is. Oh, it's just the worst I ever saw. Would she eat the, the dinner that you bring over? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't go into the house, Neil. I couldn't go as far as the hall with the bags. 
You know, if, if that goes up, God loves you, you have no hope of getting out. Because she, she, does, she does attempt to light the fire and sets off the did. alarms. And sets off the alarm, the fire brigade are out, and they they could be out and they would know, like you know, and they know how to get in there. And the guardian you know? get in as well. Then do they try the to? The guardian goes in the window. Okay, and yeah, does anybody? They've been called at least three or four times now. The guardian, and they go in the window tour. But wouldn't you think that the fire brigade or the guards, maybe they have reported her case to social services, that a health I, nurse I, would call out and help? This is what I was thinking myself, but no one is calling me. And how long no, has it been this way? Oh, you're going, you're going six months now, it's a... But you know what we often hear of tragedies in, 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 in our... I tell insane. you know, the, the same house now. Okay, Neil? The same house. Are you there? Yeah, I'm listening to you. Yeah. I, 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 I could be giving it away now, like, but there was a man in there for eight months found dead. He was dead for eight months. So you have an idea what I'm talking about? I do know. About. I know very well what you're talking about. At the exact yeah. same house. The exact same house she was put in there. Nothing done to us, nothing. Just thrown in the door. But sure, God, it's like somebody, she, nobody needs to be calling to see the woman. Someone has to call to her soon because she won't last long more. In the, in the cold now coming in, Neil, it's it's devastating, like, you know? So that other story you're talking about, that misfortunate man was in there months and he was dead He in was the in there... Seven months dead. Seven months dead. God love him. Why does the system fail people like this? I was on the radio to you about that man, if you remember. And uh, I, I spoke to the neighbours. Did they see him around? And they said he had a sister down in West Cork and he goes down to us. So everyone presumed he was down there. Yeah. And then, then I saw the blue bottles in the window. That's right, Tom. That's right. Do you remember? Yeah. And yeah. That set off the alarm bells at me then, like, and they went in and found him dead. But sooner or later, the case of that elderly lady or Mary's story exactly. down in, in West Cork... Oh, sorry. Will be That's going to happen to her. ...will be a tragedy. I mean, that, she, that, that huh? woman you're talking about in Blackpool, she she could end up just burning the house down around her. I'll, I'll tell you straight now, I'd be surprised if she lasted Christmas. All right, OK. I'd be surprised, Neil. That's okay. the gospel truth. Do you have my number there, and if... Anyone wants to ring me about right gladly explain it. Okay. Okay, we need to get further details exactly off air because and and would you yeah. think she'd take help, this this lady? Oh god she would. She'd she'd be shouting at people there like, you know, you go to the shop, will you go to the shop for me? You know? She god no, she she can't do a thing for herself, like, you know. And you don't know of any home help or carers calling or I health never nurse saw or any, GP, you know. No, never saw if there was there would the bags wouldn't be piled up like that, you know? You know, Jesus, just, just, just terrible. All right, okay, all right. You know? Listen, I'll be back to you. Just hold on there, Tom, to so get further details because uh, clearly, I mean, I, I imagine that there have been reports made. I imagine definitely the Garda Shikana would have done something about it. They wouldn't. I would imagine that. so, and so would the fire station. You would like, think, you know? wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Like you know, I mean, I mean, she 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 should be on medication. She can't get to the chemist. Do meals and you wheels know? call or anything like that? Or not just call. Not to, no one calls to the poor girl. She doesn't know anything. She, 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 I'd say she doesn't even know her rights. You know what I mean? What she's entitled to. Forgotten, father, forgotten people forgotten. in Ireland. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. All right, Tom. Okay, hold on there. We get some further details. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Hold on there, Sheila. Back after the break. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Sheila, good morning. Thanks for holding. 
Good morning, Neil. It's just very sad listening to those two stories. Just an update on no. one of them. The woman in Westalong in, in Mid-Cork, Mary's story from the McCroom area. A carer has already been in touch with me, a carer, home help worker, who's going to visit that elderly lady. I'm not sure when, might well even be today, but she's certainly going to check in her and, uh, and assess her situation. So at least that's something to start with, okay? Yeah, yeah, but it's a bit late, Neil. Oh, Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, I it know is in one way, but it's never too late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the other lady there as well, I mean, that's very, very sad, you know, that she sits out by the door in this cold weather now even, you know. But I can't understand, all right, the families might be in England, but surely they have nieces and nephews here. <sighs> I don't know, you see. No surely too. they have some, I know, but surely be somebody. You know, I mean, we have an elderly neighbour here now and her family is living in Ireland, but they're living down the country, you know what I mean? That they can't be getting up to her, up and down every day. And my husband used to take her to the, her pension. She died, Lord of Mercy, five weeks ago. She was actually 90 last week. Right. But um, look, her daughters would ring and if they could, if she was hard hearing, if they didn't get the answers from her, they'd call, they'd ring us. And we'd go down and check on her and she had a buzzer that event happened to her during the night. MCM would ring us, do you know what I mean? That's it, yeah. And, and you're very neighbourly to have done that for the elderly lady. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to overly pry, no, but no, in, it, just in that case... You'll be it with your own mother. Not everybody would, though. They'd think that it wasn't any of their business. I mean, you know, they'd just say, well, I don't oh, want to get involved. Obviously, the mind will get involved. I mean, you have to hold, you have to reach out to people sometimes. Now, this lady was very independent, very, very independent. But she got to the stage of that man and she wanted to go to the pension. And she, you know what I mean? And she'd ring if she needed something. But she was still very independent. She didn't uh, rely on us too much. And if she had to rely on us, she kept apologising. Did she? And her family were very grateful to us for what we did. And did they? Would they say. call as well? Not not overly prying into their own situation, but with the re- oh, they used to oh, they oh, good. They very good. Yeah. Oh yes. You know they used. Uh, she got three visits a week from you know between the sons and the daughters. Fabulous. Oh no, and the grandchildren. No, 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 no. It's just that she wasn't able to do things. Her, you know, she was feeble. Nearly, she knows with 90, you know, and then we're looking forward to it. Look, it's for 90th birthday. But what I'm saying is, there's many people out uh, people living in, in the States, and if you see them, if you don't see them for the day, just knock at the door and say, Do you need anything? But you know, it, it, it isn't the case that everybody has relatives or families. You could, like, if, if you have an elderly woman, like we've described, living in conditions, say, like in, in Mid Cork or Macroom. Um, and she never married and she had a sister who never married but that sister is living in England uh, and she's also uh, 85 years old or whatever there might be no sons nor daughters everyone around them dead right so they like some people just have nobody at all yeah, but before things got to the stage they got, surely because there was neighbours, some neighbours around, and they could see maybe, you know, the house is getting run down, there's something, is there something we could do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. Reach out, reach out. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are very pride, and, you know, they don't want, you know, they have that pride, they don't, you know, they don't want to lose it. But still, if if you do it a couple of times, they know that it's, it's so, you're just trying to help them. You're putting your hand out. But you would think that a lo- like say you would think in, in, in a suburb of Cork City that a lo- that local councillors would call from time to time looking into the welfare of their elderly um, constituents. Um, don't go down that road, will you please? They only call when they want something. Yeah, but no, I know of be one fair. or two of them really that would be great community activists in their own community. Yeah, uh, but know. like no, I mean I just think neighbours should look out for one another. 
Yeah, I really do, yeah, Neil. Yeah. I really do. But in you the know, case of the HSE, someone... knowing that this there's an elderly woman who's bedbound and will be dead in three days because she can't reach, she can't get food, she can't get water. If it wasn't for Mary, she wouldn't be fed. Um, she would die. And, and they're saying, well, walk away. They tell you, Neil, they'll tell you it. We have hundreds of people like that and she's probably middle of the list or something. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, but this would be an emergency. This would be urgent. But they said, they don't care, Neil. They don't care because it's not their parents and they don't see what they're right. Yeah. These people going into this house can see what's happening. Yeah. And unless you can open, they open their eyes and see it. Well, if it isn't you know for people mean? like you, Sheila, or like Tom well, and Blackpool, me, or Mary husband. and McCroom, you know. Yeah, it's my husband. Now we do most of it, to be honest with you, Neil. But I'm not, I'm not looking for praise. We're not looking for anything because we actually, we we enjoy doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know, it might be the only face the woman would see some days, you know what I mean? I know, sure I know, I know, it's sad, you know? it is. But I guess I'm saying, you know, neighbours need to help you along the way. It helps, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just for to say good morning to some, open the door, good morning, do you need anything, I'm going to the shop, do you need anything? Yeah, not, you know? not, think, not think that, you know, it's somebody else's problem or somebody else is doing it, you know, always check and well, see. Well, yeah. like my parents are dead, they died very young when I was young, but... I, what I'm saying is, I would look at it. It was my parents in the morning. I'd like someone to help them. Nick. You would, and you, and you know something. Bringing somebody to the post office for their pension and helping them is very important. You heard in the newspaper review this morning it was telling the story of a 93 year old woman uh, who walked down to from oh, yes. she, you know, walked down to St Luke's post office from her home in Wellington and Road attacked, yeah. and was attacked. Yeah. You know, but you know, need they enjoy the that pension, too. Followed from the post but, office. Yeah, but they enjoy them that too because that's only they're only out for the week. Yeah, but not if they're living in fear of being attacked or somebody's watching the post office on pension day to rob them. I, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, yes. Like that's I the just, world we're living in. Yeah, yeah. It is, but you know, I think people, neighbours, need to interact with their elderly neighbours more. Okay, thanks, Sheila. Pick it up after ten. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Somebody's suggesting by text that a lot of the time, um, home help, um, there just isn't an up in the, fir- in the first place. Those that visit, carers who go into the home and have a regular routine looking after people. And that unfortunately, and I don't know whether this is for the McCroom area or whether it happens in other areas, but somebody's suggesting that in that part of the, of the county, that if somebody who's engaged in home help or caring work in the home has to go on holidays or needs a break, they have to find their own cover um, and uh, that management really don't get involved in that kind of thing. Um, this is a suggestion from, I'm kind of editing the text here uh, because parts of it I can't broadcast, but uh, it's up to the home helps themselves to get their own cover. Uh, well, if that doesn't happen though, or if that can't happen, surely be to God people fall through the cracks. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Mike, good morning. Hi Neil, hi. Um, and are you again? I'm happy to chat with you, but nothing that would actually identify the person involved. No. Okay. No. no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like prefer that as well. Go ahead. I, I'm listening there this morning, and and, and to, to the stories that are coming out there in relation to, I suppose that that poor woman there that that you were on about, right? Oh, take your I pick. I've had three different cases already this morning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I had something very similar there in in in, in my area. Um, Oh, about a year ago now, I suppose, maybe a little bit more. It all started, I suppose, during the COVID, where there was an older lady, and she lived, like, a neighbour. 
yeah. an older lady. Yeah, yeah. Neighbor. And, um, you know, I, something went wrong with her, her, her electricity one day and I, I fixed it for her, okay? And I gave her my number. I said, if you ever need anything, just give me a shout. And there's another two neighbours of mine as well that, you know, would help her as well. So, anyway, long story short, um, during COVID, I would be going doing a bit of shopping I'd knock and I, I'd, I'd text her or whatever and say do you want anything and she'd make a list of those and what have you and everything was working fine and, and why would you do that what, what was motivating because the lady the lady the lady was an older lady and she was she was um, very um, immobile is the best way to put it okay yeah, yeah. she wouldn't be able she wouldn't get her own very easily and she well, why did you decide uh, to take it upon yourself I'm curious um, look, I suppose I kind of guessed that the woman wasn't in the best of in the best of health, and I suppose during COVID she couldn't get out because there was nobody out, and I could because I was going shopping. Yeah, and you felt um, it was the right thing to do. Well, if it was my do. mother, if it was my mother, and my mother lives close by to me, you know, I would do the same for her, right? But you do it for anybody. It's just, you know, it's 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 nice to be nice, you know. Um, but anyway, to make a long story short, um, she her 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 mental health started to deteriorate. Okay. Um, you think that the whole lockdown thing and two two and a half years of it? No, I think down. in the past she had she had some 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 problems as well, and would, you know she was on a lot of medication. Yeah. Et well, it can't have helped um, anyway. No, it wouldn't have helped. No, I, I'd agree with you there. But I suppose, look, her her demeanour completely changed over a number of months. Now, myself and two neighbours were kind of keeping an eye on her. And she has relations that would be close by, a 10-minute drive, OK? And it got to the stage, I suppose, one evening. It got re- there was some, some gentleman there said, oh, God, this woman is sitting by the front door 12 hours a day. Yeah. This woman that I... My neighbour was sitting outside in the rain waiting for a taxi for six hours, right, in the freezing cold. A taxi that she hadn't called. I know, mentally, she, yeah. That she far unwell, gone yeah, mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very unwell, right? Uh, you know, you, you wouldn't... She you get pneumonia out there, like, you bring her in, you she, did? She could... We, we, we coaxed her in, myself and another neighbour, like... And, look, I'm not skilled or tra- trained in any of this, but, you know, <clears throat> we just like to look after I mean you would do it for anybody okay? right, yeah. so it got to the stage anyway where uh, she was totally off the wall she was sending texts to me and she was sending texts rather you know unusual texts completely to the other two neighbours as well because we all had her number yeah she'd be confused and anyway at the best of times she was totally confused yeah. totally This, I mean I could, you could see the, the deterioration as time went by um, so we contacted the, the relations that were nearby and they said, yeah, we look after it. But they didn't, right. Long story short, she'd done a bit of damage then to somebody's property uh, one afternoon. Um, one of the other neighbours that was kind of looking after her as well. And about two nights after that, she was out talking to the trees and the cars at half past one in the freezing oh, yeah, be, right. you know, That could be anything, could be, you know... Oh, right. Her medication, she could be just um, yeah. mentally yeah. unwell. Could be. She was very, she was very unwell, yeah. right? Um, so I was, I spotted her and I uh, told her, come on, come on away. And, and she was ignoring me. She was just talking to the car. She probably didn't know who I was. Yeah. So I rang the relation because I had the number. And the, num- the relation said to me, would you just bring her in and put her to bed? And I said, hang on here a minute, like. I mean, I'm not getting myself in a situation where it could go pear shaped. Yeah. So, jigs and the reels, I, I knocked on the my neighbour's door that, you know, gave her a hand as well. And we were trying to talk to her for three quarters of an hour. No joy. Okay, she wasn't budging. She was talking to the trees and waving off this. You know, she was genuinely 
mentally, un, you know, yeah, very yeah, unwell. Yeah. What did we do? All we could do. Phoned an ambulance and just said, we gave her names and we just said, look, this woman is going to do herself harm. Yeah. yeah. Could you please come down? She'll walk out into traffic. She'll fall in the river. She'll fall she, down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, she'll burn the house down. Doing. I think it happened. So, to be fair, the, the ambulance arrived almost immediately. They went in the door because she had... No, they actually had her in the, in, 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 on the side of the street. And they coaxed her into the back of the ambulance, had a chat with her for half an hour, and they took her to the... Well, I assume they took her to GF in CUH. Psychiatric ward, yeah. Okay. And I don't know where the lady is now. I hope she's in, you know, being looked after anyway, no matter where she is, okay? But I totally get what they're saying, what, the, what those other cases are saying. And the guards can come out and the carers can come out and all this. But look, the way we got um, her looked after was by calling an ambulance and saying, this woman is going to come to harm. Could you, she's um, and explained mentally unstable, mm. mental illness. Mm. It's not her fault, the poor woman, right? Wasn't her fault. No, absolutely she, not. Nor was the damage, of course. She's just literally... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's kind of out of her mind, as we used to say, you know, in, in the nicest possible way. Out of her mind, exactly, Neil, exactly. Out of her mind. But sure, she hasn't been back since, no? No, no, no. It was a rented uh, accommodation. So hopefully she's in a home somewhere or something that she's being looked after. Well, there's an example of where, firstly, an example of neighbourly intervention like you and the other neighbours, but secondly, the system actually working where the paramedics were able to assess the situation, bring her to the hospital where she can get the help she needs. Exactly. And I hope she did. No, we haven't seen her since. And, you know, we didn't contact the um, the relations because, to be honest with you, we didn't bother because they didn't bother either. Yeah, you thought you were wasting and, your time. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, they're not living in England, OK? They're living in a 10-minute drive. Such a shame, well, isn't it, to be 10 minutes away? And exactly. Then... Look, if it was a relation of yours, you'd be there, in, a, in you know, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I know I would, right? But, like, to have... That they're all on about the the the, the HSC being bad and the ambulances. Look, they're only trying to do their best as well. Okay, and they were there in minutes. They coaxed her and spoke to her and had her in the ambulance and took her way off. Good stuff. I, I assume did the CUH. Good stuff. So like, yeah. it is. I suppose I don't know whether it is a legal thing that they have to come out if somebody is going may come to self harm. They, they came, they looked after the situation. We weren't, you know, I, I wasn't going down to the, the, the girl on my own because, you know, if it went pear-shaped or whatever. You wouldn't want to go in on your own, is what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, she was on the street. And, and you know, that's why I called another neighbour at half past one in the morning, knock up another neighbour, knock at his door, and the two of us kind of went down, we were chatting to her, and then the paramedics arrived. Yeah, okay. And they looked yeah. after her. Job and well you know, that's, that's, that's one with, a, 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 I think, a good ending to it. Nice I one. Hope, yeah, you know? so do I, and I hope that she's getting the care she needs, well said. There's nothing wrong with anybody, that, that woman that's sitting at the door 12 hours a day, there's nothing wrong with anybody, a neighbour picking up a phone, being concerned that that woman is not in a good place well you're not in a good place you're sitting outside your front door 10 or 12 hours a day in the middle of winter nobody could sustain that not even Pat no. Falvey who climbed all sorts of mountains yes. and no one could like particularly if no. you're not wearing enough clothing but anyway that's fairly self-evident anyway thanks Mike thank you so much and well done again thank you for taking the call don't give on my details I'm a carer relatively new to the job and I'm sorry I didn't do it years ago it's such a rewarding job bringing joy to the elderly sometimes the carer is the only person the client would see 
or speak to. Sh- uh, sure, you can meet odd, cranky people, but that doesn't mean you abandon them. All those beautiful people have contributed to life and have beautiful stories to tell. I love my new job. All the best, says a relatively new carer. Meanwhile, Joanne, good morning. Hi, hi Neil. Uh, appreciate you holding on. I know you've been there a while. Um, I'm listening. What have you got? What's on your mind? No, you're fine. Um, no, I just, I was just very upset listening about those people and I was thinking of my sister and her husband. Um, they were in the same situation with the neighbour next door. Yeah. Um, an elderly woman. She'd been raised in, she actually was raised in the house that she was in. The family home. The house. Yeah. yeah, she was, and she was in her 80s now when this was going on. But, um, yeah, so they kind of didn't see her around, you know, and they were wondering what was going on with her, so they started checking in on her. Um, she was in the house. She had no heating. She had no lighting. She was living in the dark. Um, she took to the bed. This was going on for months now. Um, so my brother-in-law used to bring her in, um, a cup of tea, a bit of dinner. Sometimes she'd eat it, other times she wouldn't. Um was she capable of cooking for herself? No, she, she didn't have any electric or anything, did she? She had no electric at all. She, the house was in complete darkness. Um, she was practically living in, in the bedroom. Yeah, so clearly, um, among other things, malnourished. Yeah. Malnourished, yeah, and totally, I'd say, probably in the depths of depression, more than anything. And um, so my sister just um, was so worried about her. She was like, we can't keep going on like this. We have to do something. And what were the conditions of the house that she was living in like? It was, you know, it was like old fashioned and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad home, but it was just all her little trinkets from down through the years. You know, it was kind of just gloomy. As such, you know so that I mean? was, I mean, without over dwelling on her own story, but that was a woman who had in her 80s, was it? Yeah, I think she was, was born in that house, born in that house, raised in that house and lived in that yeah. house all her life and all around her all just her passed life. away. Yeah. So anyway, she, my sister got fed up with trying to ring to get help, you know, for the woman, the HSE and all this thing. And so she decided one day she had enough. She was ringing the ombudsman and she got onto the ombudsman. She explained the story. And a few days later, she was in her sitting room and she seen the guards were outside the ambulance. They'd went into the house. Um, the Bangardi came out crying her eyes out. She thought it was the saddest thing she ever saw in her life because they were trying to get her out of the bed. She just wanted to die. She'd been like that for months. Um, and eventually they took her. They took her out of the house. But that was, in the end, it was the ombudsman that had to intervene because... The services just weren't there. They didn't care. No one cared. She just googled ombudsman.ie, emailed or picked up the phone and told the story. She rang. Yeah, and she just said, because she couldn't sleep, worrying about her all all night. Like She used to be able to sleep. And you can Um, do that, because I knew you were coming on, and I was just checking for an explanation as to how the ombudsman's office would help in a case like this. It says, the ombudsman, we examine complaints from people who feel they've been unfairly treated by a public service provider in Ireland. We can examine complaints against most organisations that deliver public services. That's very wide-reaching. That's all government departments, all local authorities, the HSE, nursing homes, even education bodies. The ombudsman can get in there and examine a case, and they do. And Well, they did in this instance now, as I said. She was in her sitting room, heard the ruckus outside, seen the ambulances, and 
And as I said, the Vanguard that came out traumatised. The girl was hysterical, crying over really? the that poor bad? lady. Yeah. yeah, she was totally broken-hearted over the poor lady, the way she was living, with no heating, no lighting, uh, just in the bed. And, and what no about her care. pension? Like, how did she collect her pension? I mean, um, would a post office not pick up? she did collect But would a post fair. office not pick up then that such and such a person hasn't picked up the pension for months? Well, no, they didn't. Nobody picked up. And as I said, no, it was, they were just dropping her in food and trying to encourage her to to eat. Um, and because they just, you know, they were just looking out for her. And in the end, then she was just going downhill more and more. But when, and more we, were, and when we were awash with money... Right? Well, did anybody ever think that it might be a good idea to set up some sort of a? I know you can get you can get a, a pendant around your neck to call if you're in an emergency or anything, but that isn't yeah. the case of a fall or you know an emergency. Yeah. Would anybody ever think that it would be a good service for people to call the elderly, you know, and give them a job and employ them to call the elderly? Yeah, well, in an ideal world, that is what should be happening. A phone call. I'm not saying a carer calling in. They're they're separate jobs. I get that. But let's yeah. say if somebody hasn't picked their pension up in a few weeks or a few months. Yeah. So she had a yeah. fortune of money in the bank and yet her heating was off and she had no light. She was just totally had given up, I'd say, on light and all her memories were in the house and, as I said, she would have died in that bed only for my sister picking up the phone and emailing that day. Okay. She would have died in the bed. And what she happened subsequently then when the ambulance called and the guardie arrived and HSC, the works, they all arrived at the house? What happened yeah. next? Well, as far as I know, they took her out, obviously, um... She's in a nursing home now up in, up over the orthopedic up around there. Right. I can't think, Heather House. I could be, I could be wrong. Yeah. Because my sister went to see her that Christmas. She went up to visit her just to see if she, you know. Um, and how did your sister say she was in the home? Um, she said she looked warm and comfortable and content but still, like, confused, yeah, you know? I know. She wasn't in her normal surroundings. I know, I know. But they had no choice. They had to, because she would have literally wasted away. And uh, and all the months and weeks that my sister was trying to get help for, trying to ring, ring different departments and emailing and nothing. And only that day she just said, that's it. I have to get on to the ombudsman. So to these people out there that are looking out for their neighbours, I suggest they might do the same. Yeah. Well done for your sisters as well in not giving up. Yeah, and her husband, well, yeah, my well sister didn't both. really go in because she was terrified of seeing how bad the situation I know what you're was. Saying. So yeah. it was a husband. And what to, happened to her home, do you mind me asking? The home that she was born in? I know, um, I went back to the council. She had, I think she had a niece in England and that was the only family she had. So I think the house went back to the council. Okay, and uh, hopefully yeah. they turned it around, I suppose, you don't know? Somebody else? Uh, no, there it's now. still there. It's still there. How long ago was that? It's, oh, it must be sitting there two years now, empty. Two or three years now, it's still empty. My so that's God. another story, but... Well, it is another story. Yeah. What did they do with it? Just barricade, just board up the windows and lock well, the Well, at the moment, as far as I know, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, cleaning it out and gutting it and something like the garden was very overgrown, the back garden. It was like a jungle. So I think at the moment uh, they're doing something with it, but... But this is two yeah. years on since the elderly lady it's went into it. Definitely yeah. at least two years anyway because she'd went to see her not last Christmas because of the COVID restrictions so it would have been the Christmas before she went to visit her. Another family so, yeah. home just left sitting there. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just sitting there now and um, yeah, but so I'd say to these people out there, well done because we're all going to be old someday. 
and we, you know we could end up in the same position we need 100%. people to look out for us 100% and your sister called the ombudsman you know? made an official complaint and it's the and only way the only thing that works the wheels started turning ok yeah, thanks Joanne absolutely. thank you thank you no problem thanks thank so much you. hold on there Breed I'll come back to you after the break get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM Neil that's a crime by the HSE and it should be investigated uh, she will be cranky the woman say for instance in McCroom with diabetes and lots of medication but with regards to diabetes her sugar levels aren't being regulated when there's no one looking after her no wonder she's cranky or sometimes um, yeah I suppose cranky is a good word to describe it back to the phone lines Breda good morning Good morning, Neil. Um, just want to say I don't have the full facts. My mum is the uh, home help person. Okay. Um, so I only have second-hand information, but I will give you as much information. Absolutely. And let me let me just say that I, I, have, I have no problem whatsoever talking to anybody working in any public body, whether they're home help. I get contacted from time to time, say from people who aren't allowed to talk to the media, but they would still text me. And I will never, ever give out anybody's private information yeah. to anybody, nobody. Yeah. I will never, ever do it. So yeah. if anybody wants to get in touch, I will protect their details. They can get in touch by email to neil at redfm.ie or text 086-8104-106. But you're talking on behalf of a relative. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm not talking, yeah, on behalf of my relative. My mum is the, uh, a home helper and it's an absolute disgrace what's going on. Since the end of August approximately, um, they have decided now all, all my mum's life, um, she worked where she'd have the same clients every week the client would know who was going to come into her a lot of the places that she'd have a key to let them herself in or she'd know where the key safe That's was. That's exactly how it works, yeah. Not anymore. Okay, okay. Now you're given a roster and every week you go to somebody different. They don't know who's calling. Now, what bright spark came up with that idea? That's what I'd like to know. And the reasons behind it. Does your mum know why that change was made? Were they consulted on it? Listened because to? they're hoping in her mind now this is not factual again but she, in her opinion the reason this has happened is the HSE are hoping then like is what is happening is that the elderly people refuse to have different people coming in every day and then they don't have to pay staff um, no talk through that logic to me so, the, so the, basically the, the, if you were to put yourself in the person an old person's Please do, person. yeah, yeah. They don't know who's going to come in Monday to Friday. Yeah. They're hoping somebody will. So then, if you are an elderly person that is blind, say, have hearing difficulties, have diabetes, whatever ailment they have, they don't want somebody different coming in. They, they, wa- they build want up them. a relationship with the carer who becomes a yes. friend, not, yes. not just a carer. And exactly. they, they look forward to seeing them and they can yes. pick up on their conversations yeah. and the carer will know, know over time a lot more about their life and what have yes. you, rather than different strangers coming. Yes, so now and strangers coming in. They may have had them on holiday um, situations, etc. And if my was on holidays, mum would always make sure that the, a carer had gone in, which, to be fair, my mum would organise a lot because the HSE would be too slow doing it. Yeah, I've got a text from a carer who says that they must find their own holiday yeah. relief. Yeah. And if you can't find somebody, then you contact the family and hopefully the family can step in. But it's down to the carer to solve all these problems. You can go on your holidays, but find your own cover. Yeah. This is way too an important a job to have it, it done is. that way. It is. Now, I will try and get my mum to ring in maybe tomorrow. She's just in very bad reception at the moment and she's with 
a client so she cannot ring it. But why do you think that the HAC would say you no longer have your dedicated carer roster and your your own clients? Now my mum has stood up to them and said she's not going on the roster and for the moment she's getting away with it but everybody else isn't. My mum is literally on her last year so I think that's why they're not fighting with my mum. And has she been doing this job for a long time? I had a guest approximately 20 years. Right, okay. Yeah. So the, the HSE says it's a roster now. You pick up your clients, so those that you will vi- visit on a weekly basis. It may never be the same people, you know, week on, week off, or sorry, yes. e- each each passing week. Yeah. Um, th- that's very bad for the people that they're looking after, though, as again, because and as I say, for there's a lot of time reasons. wasting for the likes of my the home health person because now my mum works in County Washford but I'm sure it's the same across the county um, but across Munster um, say she might be in Tallow in the morning then she might have to go to Cap Quinn then Lismore back to Tallow so there's no they spend more time now driving than they do helping yeah that doesn't make any sense to me it you know doesn't. like it just At doesn't all. really like it's, it's people pressing buttons on computers that it don't It takes the know. human touch out of it you know the Oh there's no human touch now yeah. No and, it's and, zero And you and you were saying to the lads as well that if somebody can't get holiday cover what what happens then I mean well, the, my mum has gone to the point of ringing the family Cuz in the McCroom case apparently uh, okay th- this is somebody that you know for want of a better word, can be cranky, but who wouldn't be with missing medication? Most elderly people are cranky. If you have an illness, of course you're going to be cranky. You're not sleeping properly. You're probably not eating properly. You're on medication that affects you. They are going to be cranky. That's why you're there to help them. I often try and think of it through the eyes of somebody like that who feels the way they do. I think one of the reasons they feel that way is because there was a time in their life when they were younger and fitter and healthier and they weren't like that. And they remember those times. Yeah. Sure going to be cranky then, aren't you? Yeah. But if you're sick yourself, are you not cranky? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But if it's your whole life, then, you know, it's... it's, Yeah, it's even worse. It's not like, uh, you know... Yeah. It's not not party time anymore. It's difficult. No, No, but your job as a carer is to go in and find a way around that crankiness to make the situation more lighthearted. And you will know the person that you're looking after. You used to, but not anymore. And that's where it's going to get more difficult. Okay. Because you won't know what is normal for that person. Chat with your mum and be keen to hear more of her. Uh, of her yes, work. I think she will, she will talk to you if you're willing to talk to her. Oh, listen, but it's yeah. just at this point in time, she's with a client and the reception is extremely okay. bad. So she just, she, I then decided, look, I'll ring in on her behalf. All right, well, look, to, you just text me back and let me know and we're here okay. to listen. Thanks so much, Brida. Take care okay. for now. Thank you. Bye text 86 Pick up the phone on 0818 Another woman of Ireland or women of Ireland being treated like dirt. It just goes on and on. It will never change because this is government's policy to treat our elderly terribly. Remember the nursing homes during the pandemic. pandemic. People have short memories. I think we'll never forget uh, the uh, nursing homes and how people had to try and cope and the situations that were put in place where family members were looking through windows and watching relatives pass away in isolation. We'll never forget that. Um, I also think that the impact of lockdown and isolation and the fear of illness, particularly within the elderly and the immunosuppressed, uh, and the fear they must have had of dying from COVID had a huge impact on their mental well-being as well. Isolation, being, being cut off, not being able to hug people or sons or daughters or grandchildren. 
Um, sadly, in Ireland today, the ladies you're talking about are just another for this government to fix. Uh, spare a thought for those sleeping in tents as well and in fields in last night's weather. Uh, absolutely. Just heard the guy talking about the elderly left on her own with no home help. Uh, I missed the start of the conversation. I don't know many details, but I'm a stay-at-home mum of three young kids in Balancholic. If there's anything I can do to help the poor lady, can you get in touch with me? I could drop out hot dinners to her, get extra clothing and blankets or do some shopping. It's heartbreaking to hear this type of neglect. Um, while the Gardaí are... Go- while, while, what are the Gardaí doing this week with all of the extra money that pensioners will be getting? Uh, nothing. The elderly will be exposed, especially because of how much of this double pension payments has been advertised. Uh, I think you were referring to the possible uh, robberies of the elderly with their extra, extra, extra social welfare payments. I'm not so sure that it's right to criticise the guards for that. This is a societal issue, really, you know. The, the Gardaí are there to solve crime in the best that they can, prevent crime if possible. But in the event of people being criminals, to prosecute them, bring them to court and get justice for those that have been robbed or assaulted, whoever the case may be. This is a societal issue. It's as much about the burglars uh, who robbed the handbag of the 85-year-old pensioner who walked from Wellington Road down to the post office in St. Luke's, uh, as it is as much about people not caring for neighbours or checking in on neighbours. I mean, what could the Gardaí do with regards to every single elderly person who's picking up a double pension payment, you know, like just just do the numbers on that alone. I want to volunteer and help out with the elderly lady in McCroom. I'm a stay-at-home mum. I'd have a few free hours in the mornings uh, during the week when my girls are at school. Please send my number on to that woman. I live locally to the area and I drive, says Jenny. See the kindness of people in cases like this. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. That and lots more besides between now and midday. Can I just stop for a moment, actually, if you don't mind? I'll talk to Sabrina in a moment and, and Martha, if you don't mind. But there's a lot of activity happening on the air. We talk about loved ones and relationships and what have you. Uh, can I just kind of segue to relationships and loved ones who are overseas? We have another year and Christmas is coming. And for many, it's, it's here. And I hear Christmas songs on the air and all that kind of thing don't know if somebody beat me to the first Christmas song just yet, but probably have. But this year, like other years, we are giving away uh, Christmas hampers to send overseas to loved ones. So this is an appeal to family here at home who have loved ones abroad, and also to those of you who listen to me overseas, and many do, who won't be home for Christmas, right? So I'm encouraging people to email neil at redfm.ie and we will be sending customised, our own customised ham hamper of Irish goodies uh, overseas again this Christmas, courtesy of ourselves and the paddybox.com. Um, so it's this time now to start sending your emails and then start reading them out on the air and then we'll start making phone calls if we can at all, talk to the people who are in the four corners of the world. But within the hamper itself, so far paddybox.com have organised for us Tato Cheese and Onion, Barry's Tea, Cadbury's Dairy Milk, Jacob's Club Milk, um, there was a big argument in the office here as to whether we'd put the club milk in or the purple snack. I was more inclined to go for the purple snack, which featured for many years in Kilna Scully and Unbelievables and things like that. But apparently I got outvoted, so it's the Jacob's club milk is in there. For me, it would be the purple snack. But, you know, you can't win every argument. Jacob's chocolate Kimberleys, Jacob's fig rolls, Boland's custard creams, lots of old sweeties like um, refresher bars and stingers and wham bars and drumsticks and chewits and dib dabs, macaroon bars, which I'm quite partial to myself, cola lollipops, love hearts and flump. I haven't a clue what flump is, but I'm sure it's tasty. Oh, uh, it's some, thank you. Kevin tells me it's some sort of a... Um, 
uh, marshmallow bar. If you're so smart there, if you're so, such a smarty pants when it comes to things you put in your mouth, tell me if you know the answer to this question. Jesus. You know brown sauce? You know brown sauce? Yeah. You know, we don't all know the chef brown sauce and things like that. Yeah. Do you know what HP stands for? Oh, um, so for many people here, oh, this who is going to annoy H- me now. For many people here, who prefer HP sauce, right? I don't know this, and they would regard themselves as being patriotic Irish men and women, and Republicans, and lovers of a thirty-two county. But yet they actually prefer a HP sauce. Oh no, it's not HP. I know why ours York Yorkshire relish. That's fine. I didn't ask you that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying myself time here, Neil. Uh, HP sauce. Heinz no no, no I, I don't I don't. I'm, not, I'm not telling you I mean, okay great thanks, thanks very much text and see. maybe Seamus knows yeah. do you know I'm sure people have no headphones but it's Houses of Parliament uh, you're was, an awful um, B-O-L-L-O-X you just googled that in the about 100 years ago says you googled it no, I didn't. You did so, you liar. I'd say you're also a queue jumper in your spare time. I actually saw a newspaper article there last week. Oh, it was Houses of Parliament sauce and HP sauce. There you go. But I do know what a flump is. So <laughs> I can, I can, and it is delicious. Although I, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's really delicious when you're eating it. But once you're finished it, it kind of sits in your stomach for the day. Do you know, because it's just a big marshmallow. I can't say, man, unless you get me one to try. I'll oh, get you one. Listen, the Murphy's Irish Stout Whiskey arrived this morning. Oh uh, yeah, James is on the phone this morning, so I Thank think you, we James. had a couple of early candidates already getting in touch um, to say that they're going to get their, you know, to get their ovens ready and get their yeah, baking skills and, on know, within, with it. But, anyone uh, that wins this, anyone we give these bottles of whiskey to, they need to take a lie detector test to prove that they actually will put it in the Christmas cake and not <laughs> sip it with ice. Yeah, then use the, use the rotten stuff then to put in the Christmas cake. The shaped stuff then, yeah, the, the, <laughs> like uh, the, the moonshine or whatever. The first run, as we used to call it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to all of that. So the rest of the hamper then, Oldfields Emerald Caramels, McDonald's Curry Sauce, Spice Bag Mix, Club Rock Shandy, um, I'm still in negotiations to have that swapped out for Tanora, Ballymaloo relish, and uh, also a tote bag full of goodies. So that's what's in the paddybox.com hampers so far. And we'll be shipping them to the four corners of the globe. But you need to tell us about your loved ones overseas, who they are and where they are, and a little about them. And indeed, if you're listening overseas and won't be home for Christmas, you can also enter email Neil, email only, neil at redfm.ie. Okay, job done. And I'll start reading out those emails uh, and making those phone calls later on in the week. Sabrina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I am so grateful to people who hold on as long as they do, and thank you as well. Tell us your own no story. No problem whatsoever. Okay, appreciate you taking the call. So picking up on our conversation this morning, you've been working as a carer for quite some time. Yeah, I have. I work as a home help, and uh, previous to that, I worked in um, a nursing home. So um, I was listening to your caller there about uh, holidays. That's what prompted me, first of all, to text in about her organising her own holidays. And um, I know as a carer, we in Cork do not have to organise our own holidays. Um, Obviously, if you give your company adequate notice, they will organise the holidays for you. When you say company, who do you work for? So I work for Right at Home. So we're a semi-private company where we do have HSE clients also. So Right at Home would have a contract with the HSE, is it? Yes. To look after and employ staff and look after people who need home care visits. Yes, 100%. So So in other parts of the county, then you could have another company doing it who do, unlike Right at Home, who look after all of that, you could have another company contracted with the HSE who tell their carers you have to find your own holiday relief. 
But Neil, if you think about it, in every job you sign a contract. In the contract, it stipulates you're entitled to three weeks all days a year, you're entitled to two days off for every, I don't know, four days that you work. Like, it states in the contract. Like, I think it's very, it's, it's, I don't know, it's very wrong of the company to expect any carer to try to find their own cover. Like, if you think about it, even at right at home, all us carers do not know each other. So how would you expect me to contact a fellow carer that I don't even know to cover my holidays that I want? I know that. But I actually, you know what? I know I know of situations, and I dealt with this on the air some years back, where, for instance, I'm not so sure about doctors, but of nurses, but I certainly know doctors working within the HSE who, if they need to go on holidays or if they have an emergency, uh, I remember one case of someone having to getting was getting married and had to ask somebody to to swap out their holidays with them, that they had to find their own holiday cover. So it happens in other areas of the HSE. Right. No, it's of course it's not right. And especially all us carers are trained in different aspects and different areas. Not every carer can cover every client. But what about the very sad stories that some of them are quite alarming stories oh, of neglect this morning? Like, yeah, it's it, uh, my heart goes out, I swear to God. I know I work in the caring industry, but we see a lot of cases where there is family, but unfortunately they're not involved. Now, for reasons obviously that I can't say over air, but like it's very sad to know that they do have loved ones, but unfortunately there is no interest there. And do you know without identifying any particular person as to why there's family abandonment? Um, I, I do, I do. Um, a lot of it's got to do with um, either upbringing or people's past and how they were reared. Um, a lot of it's got to do with, one particular case has got to do with um, a family feud that was never resolved. All sorts of different reasons yeah, like that. There is, and like we're at the blunt, we're at the end of it because we're there listening to them. They're telling us the story. Obviously, we can't get involved. Like it, there, there is, there's very sad cases there. Very sad cases. And I was also listening there, Neil, about the mental health. I think mental health is a massive, massive area that needs to be focused on. Are you trained in that? You're an award-winning carer here in Cork. Are you trained in that kind of module? When I done my course back maybe six years ago, like you just done the basic modules of how to care for somebody and you you weren't taught how to... um, how to see signs and symptoms if somebody was having a mental breakdown or if somebody was depressed. You're not taught in that area. It, that's self-taught. Okay. Like that, so you teach you, that to yourself. You, where you see a rapid decline in someone's mood, for instance, as a typical example, you, you can't report that or, or, or fire it up the chain where they could get help in that area, no? What happens is, in my, in, in my case, um, it's, like a, it's like a circle. So whatever I observe... I do report that to my manager. In turn, then my manager will contact the public health nurse and the public health nurse of the area will go out then and make a visit to the male or the female, the client, whoever it is. And does or that happen? Is, um, nine times out of ten, no. That's the unfortunate side of it. I understand public health nurses are busy. I understand they're up the walls. I understand that, but I've had a few um, scenarios in my in my past where, like, you co- contact the public health nurse three or four times, and still you'll be waiting for a visit. So it's not as if your employers or those above you in the chain of command don't make the call or don't pass on the no, information. In fairness no. to them, they do, but it doesn't no. always result in a home health visit. Or sorry, in a, in a unfortunately a public not. Health nurse but I know visit. me as a carer, if I found that they were at harm to themselves or at harm to me. 
like I wouldn't even be calling my company. I'd be calling for, an, like I'd be calling for his local doctor, I'd be calling for an ambulance, I'd be calling for South Dock, I'd be calling for assistance. Why do you do that work? I absolutely love it. I absolutely. It's something I've always wanted to do, Neil, but I suppose I got stuck in a rock growing up and started to work in the retail sector. And I came to a point in my life where I said, Sabrina, it's time to do what you want to do for yourself. It's rewarding, but they pass oh, away. They pass away then. It. That must be very sad for you. Yeah, it is very sad, Neil, but at the same time, it's not. If you, like, you're with the person. A lot of my clients that I go into, I've been with them from day one. So I've been with them for when they were full health, able to walk, able to communicate, able to do day-to-day living tasks. And then you see them go from that and then they decline. And I suppose you're with them through, through the decline also that when it actually comes to the end, you know it's a relief to them. I know, I know. If, if you get, if you get what I mean, like it's a journey, relief yeah, to I them. Yeah. yeah, so like at the start, I must say, I was crying for days afterwards and I was, oh my God, going home with my job and I was, oh, I was in a dull, but... I suppose you just, you just, it's all part of being a carer and unfortunately you have to, they do have to unfortunately move on and it's just something that you But you have also to. have to listen to their story. I guess a lot of them would be happy stories about growing up and, you know, their life and what they did and, oh. you know, places they went to. But sadly then, I, sadly then, I suppose there's the, the issue then of, say, for instance, you know that they're upset that they're alone, even though they have family who don't care. 100%. And it's hard to listen to that also when they're telling you yeah. that I have a daughter, I have a son and they don't come near me and X, Y, Z and me being me a carer, I try to change the subject and try not to, you know, dwell on what they're trying to speak about that's going to make them feel depressed or going to make them feel down or I change the subject, make a cup of tea and sit down and have a chat or if they're into music I'd sing to them or put on music or, you know... You try to change the topic but so how, that they're not. But it must be anything. hard though, because I hear all too often that those doing home care work, home care work like you are always in a bit of a rush. You have so much on. You're allocated certain amount of time per client, and sometimes Neil, it's very hard to stick to that like thirty minutes or stick to that one hour. It's very hard, very hard, and like we do our best to stick to the time frame but sometimes it's not always possible you can't just say I've 30 minutes in here now I have to leave now after 30 minutes when there might be they might need they might need assistance with something they might need help with something something might happen they might fall like you the unforeseen circumstances you can't you can't foresee for them but are all but are, are all carers like you or would there be others that are clock watching I mean I've heard of some visits that can be as short as 20 minutes yeah unfortunately some of the visits with the HSE can be like that. Like in some clients, you just go into them, give them their breakfast, and away you come. And you actually leave the breakfast there for them. So why and would one, does it depend on a person's circumstance, somebody who, has, who comes in after you? Somebody else could come in after you, or there could be a family member coming in after you, or you might only have 20 minutes and somebody else has been in the lunchtime, and there's loads of different rosters I going know. on. Yeah, I know, I know. Like it's very hard, and it's well, very what happens hard then to, if you get caught in traffic? Well, like, I suppose you have to you have to have a bit of a leeway for that. Like, my company are fantastic that I work for. Like, if you are going to be delayed and you ring ahead, they will nearly come out of the office themselves and go down and assist and start the job for you. Sounds to me as if uh, right at home are getting it all right at oh, home. Oh, they're fantastic. Like, the people in the office are also carers. In so the management in world, the office yeah. are also carers. But we, so we like start, yeah, but we need more carers, do we? 100%. 100%. 
Like we need more carers that drive, especially. Like, because there's a lot of care, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, you're, you're time consuming. I am not giving out to people that don't drive and everybody can be a carer whether you drive or don't drive. But a lot of clients would be isolated and would be in the middle of nowhere and would require somebody that goes out there. But I, I must say, the package for the carers is not very attractive to attract any young person into the industry. So let's, let's finally just talk about money. Um, is there a, there's a particular rate of pay? There is a specific rate of pay when you start and every company seems to, like we all start at a different rate. So like the HSE rate and a private rate or let's say service source, which is a different agency altogether, they'd all have a different rate of pay. Okay. But and every time? year then, every, I think it's every six months with my company, you get, um, you get, you get a raise. Every but six months? The raise months. is nothing. It's not worth talking about. Okay. So would it be, um, uh, that, like, would it be minimum wage or living wage or what? Um, you could start off at 11.50 and rise. Right. And would it be full time? That's, it's, again, I can only speak about my company. They're fantastic with flexibility. So it's up to you. Mm. If you go in and say, I want 40 hours a week, and if there's 40 hours a week available, they will assist you in getting 40 hours a week. But if you go in there and say I can only work X, Y, Z, they are very good for working around your work-life balance, we call it. Okay, but just finally, it would be a job that you would want to do. You need to have a passion for it, you know. Oh, it's not just It's not a job. It's a very specific job that you would have to be attracted to. 100%, because you see some, like, you could go in some clients there and they'd be laying on the floor some mornings. They'd be after falling out of the bed and maybe cutting their head or you go into some clients and they might stop breathing. Or you might need to give somebody the high manoeuvre, so you wouldn't want to be kind of phased. I know, yeah. You wouldn't want to be phased, but at the end of the day, it's very, very rewarding because, like, I've seen it from both aspects, from the nursing home and from people living at home, and 100%, I would keep my parents at home as long as I can. Why do you say that? Um, I just feel when people go into nursing homes that they deteriorate quite fast because their day-to-day living and their routine has 100% changed. Like what they could do at home for themselves. You can't just get up in a nursing home and decide I'm going to the kitchen and going to make myself a cup Well, of that's tea. assuming that you still could do a lot of the functions at home. Well, I, I, well I, that is assuming. But I do, I do agree with you. I've been in enough nursing homes in my life to know that, you know, cognitively, I've seen people rapidly decline in there and yeah. also physically decline, not just sat 100%. in a chair all day. You lose yeah. motor skills very quickly. 100%. Yeah, 100%. But look, I enjoy the job that I'm doing and I enjoy right. keeping people at home for as long as they can. And well done for that, Sabrina. Well done. Thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Back after 11, lads. Pick up the phone 0818 If you have a story to share, actually, you just want to get something down, email neil at redfm.ie. Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. With 10,000 euro worth of electricals to give away, courtesy of ourselves and Soundstore, it's a fabulous prize this side of Christmas time. I absolutely love it. Could you imagine going into Soundstore at their new superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton with 10,000 euro to spend? Where would you go first? Well, you might look at the big, huge flat screen televisions. You might look at uh, an oven hob and hood. You might look at an induction cooker. You might look at the range masters. You might buy a laptop. You'd buy all of the above, I suppose. You might get yourself uh, an Apple laptop or a Samsung or whatever the case may be. You might venture over and pick up one of those funky coffee machines or one of the fuel effect fires or a Dyson or a Shark or, you know, one of the 
um, fabulous pieces of uh, kitchen or indeed living room furniture pieces that they are like pieces of furniture. You look at television sets now and even the even the induction hobs and hoods with the built-in filters and everything. Anyway, it's fabulous stuff. Well worth a visit at the best times. We had 10 grand worth to give away at Soundstore. So we know at this stage, right, the two voices have been identified. And sooner or later, I will tell you who the two are that have been identified. But if you're regularly listening or guessing yourself, you probably know at this stage who they are. But five remain unguessed. I'm not opening the phone lines just yet. I will, though, twice this morning in about 15 minutes time and just before midday but do have a listen I love Cork's Red FM I love Cork's Red FM five celebrities all well known I can tell you uh, there's no curveballs in here you'll know them all but you got to identify them in the correct order whoever can do that wins 10,000 euro cash two have already been guessed and for those people who correctly guessed somebody correct I've given 100 euro vouchers to be spent at Soundstore. So if you get another one of the voices right that hasn't been identified yet, you will get a 100 euro voucher for Soundstore at their superstore in Middleton. But for all five in the right order, no questions asked, you automatically win 10,000 euro. So have a listen again and I'll open the phone lines in 15 minutes. I love Cork. Right. FM. And just quickly, if that wasn't enough for you, the 67th Cork International Film Festival is underway. I gave away tickets yesterday for War of the Buttons. They're show- showing some of the Irish classics at the film festival. You get full details of all of the films that are showing this week at CorkFilmFest.org. You can download the brochure and off you go. But this morning, I have some tickets to give away for Friday night, sorry, Friday afternoon's showing of The Butcher Boy at The Everyman, and that was Neil Jordan's movie, The Butcher Boy. So half past two, Friday afternoon at The Everyman. We have two pairs of tickets to give away. Very simple. Here's the clip from The Butcher Boy. When you hear it again sometime between now and midday, call 0818 and you're off to the pictures Friday afternoon. Ah, uh, Francie, you're a ticket. <laughs> what kind of ticket would that be now, ladies, huh? A bus ticket, maybe, yeah? Yeah? Maybe a train ticket. I'm a one-way ticket, am I? Is that what I am? <laughs> I had you there, ladies, hadn't I? <laughs> Super acting. Absolutely classic. Text 0868104106 for all other business. I've got calls after the break. We're talking to Jessica, Julie and Martha. But just ahead of that, I was mentioning the World Cup, interestingly. Uh, and there, there, there's a lot of negativity towards the World Cup and towards Qatar because of how they do their thing or indeed don't do their thing when it comes to gay rights or when it comes to women's rights or indeed when it comes to, um, you know, slave labour and what have you. Interesting text here. I have a gut feeling that the World Cup might not actually finish, Neil. When teams go, they will see exactly what's going on out there. I wonder, will they or will they be kept away from it? You go to places like that or indeed, even if you go to Dubai, right, you only see what's happening above the water in Dubai. You know, you don't see the subcultures there or how people are treated when people go over there to holiday or to shop. But anyway, it's not a place that I want to go to anytime soon. But um, when teams go, they'll see exactly what's going on out there. 6,550 workers died during the construction of the stadiums and hotels. That's an incredible statement to make. Six and a half thousand workers died during the construction of the stadiums and hotels. So we had to check that. And um, checking that number, we found in The Guardian from February that more than 6,500 migrant workers from India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka have all died in Qatar, migrant workers. They've all died in Qatar 
since it won the right to host the World Cup 10 years ago. They say that while death records are not categorised by occupation or place of work, it is likely many of those workers who have died were employed on these World Cup infrastructure projects. The cause of death included multiple blunt injuries due to a fall from a height, asphyxia due to hanging, undetermined causes of death due to decomposition. But they say that it is highly likely that many of those who died, died during work to uh, build the World Cup infrastructures. But among the causes, the most common by far is so-called natural deaths, often attributed to acute heart and respiratory failure. In 2019, it found that Qatar's intensive summer heat is likely to have been a significant factor in many of the workers' deaths in the sense that they died because of acute heart or respiratory failure and it could have been from intense heat while working. Um, the statement that, and that, that's our own research, back to the texter who says, many of those deaths, I believe, and those who died could well be in the foundations of the buildings. Also, Qatar are playing in the opening game and if they lose, there is talk that the team may end up in prison. That is incredible. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Julie, good morning. My apologies for holding it because I know you have a lot on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. You just wanted to pick up on our conversations earlier about carers and the elderly and say how, for instance, they have been sometimes abandoned by their families. Yeah, it's just your your last carer that was talking there. You're very upset, Julie. Are you all right? Yeah, it's just, it just brought it all back to me. Uh, like when she was saying, those families don't care about them. Like, my father, he beat my mother to death. He beat, he beat her off her entire life. And then when he was being cared for carers, they were giving us to us and neighbours that we should be there looking after him. How can, how can you, like, that's all I'm saying, that there is two things. Because he was a violent man. He was violent his whole life. I mean, like, so he made, he made a future for himself to die alone. Yeah, he, yeah, he signed his own epitaph, if you like. And was he violent to all of her, all of you? It's not a great phone line, but I know you said that he, he, ba- he beat your mother badly for many years. Yeah, every, every day. There's not a day that, that I'd like that we weren't afraid. Like... Our home was supposed to be afraid. Every day you were living in fear. Um, not, so he beat all of the children as well? Yeah. Okay. So he had no love and you could, in later life, show him no love? No. You couldn't leave him near your own children. What was wrong with him that he was such an evil man? Just evil. I don't know, I can't explain it. And did you get out of that house as fast as you could when you grew up? Yeah, we all, we all left as soon as we could. Yeah, yeah. And and but you, but your mother never left him, no? No, she died. She died early. So he left her. Isn't that so tragic that your mother's life, notwithstanding all of your lives, would have been living in fear of a man like that? Yeah, and then the house was full of cameras and said to us that we, we were the bad ones for not looking after him. 
That's all I want to say. Like, okay. it's just that you're asked there, and she said exactly that. People's families don't care. People's families can't care something. I know, and that's why it's important for you to be heard. There are some circumstances where what happened in your life would prevent you wanting to have anything to do with the individual. So he died alone, a lonely man. Yeah. Yeah. For the cruelty inflicted upon you, you wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, Julie, I won't keep because I know it's very upsetting. You've made your point very well. Thank you for that. Thanks. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Back after the break, text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Okay, back to text in a few minutes' time. Arthur standing by. Jessica first. Jessica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thank you so much. And I just wanted to clarify this, and you'll agree with this. I'm this is from a text where it says, I'm a home help worker in the South Lee. Uh, SIP2 decided it was a good idea to roster us, so clients have a different home help every week now. They said, we'll work like nurses' rosters. But we're not nurses. We had no say in it. SIP2 ploughed ahead without consulting us. If any area is told they need to get their own cover, that should only be if you don't give four weeks notice, for instance. So a couple of points there. Somebody actually saying, yes, that those that work as home care assistants, which is the proper term, no longer have dedicated clients to visit. It's a roster system. So just backing that up. But you care for your gran, is it? That's correct. My my aunt and myself helped care for my grandmother um, since lockdown started. Um, I took it upon myself to 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 be her, I suppose, main contact and main carer. Um, but in turn, we have three fantastic home carers, um, and we couldn't do everything we're doing without them. Three. Um, three. Yeah. Three how does that carers. How does that work though? Uh, one care is the main care, so she does most of the hours. Um, she she comes to my grandmother every day, well, Monday to Friday. Um, and then we've got two other carers that do one slot one day, um, and the other carer does one slot another day. So has your so granny two visits then, is it? She has three visits in a day. Three, is I very Isn't yeah, that, yes. I, saw, I mean, I think that I might be. That. Yeah, that might be the exception though, would it? Um, yeah, very much so. Um, and it was only because I screamed blue murder to get it. Um, I, I couldn't, we couldn't do it on our own without the, the help of, of the home health. My grandmother is 90 years of age um, and she's got family living right to, beside her, but they don't, they don't do anything. All right, well, we so, won't dwell on that then for yeah. personal reasons, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what is the situation then that you'd have no issues with? with home care assistants taking holidays because there's three of them to work that out. Absolutely not. No, no, they're well entitled to their holidays. They work really, really hard um, and they they do go above and beyond um, for the the, the, the clients. Um, However, it's the management that I have an issue with. Why? Um, I I had to go above the the HSE, the local HSE management's head many times because I was told that my my grandmother had a stint in hospital and when she was coming out that one of the carers were gone and we don't have a replacement because my, my grandmother is in, in quite a, a, a secluded area um, and she said we don't have cover for that area so like I was on my knees and I went above her head and within 24 hours there was a carer got. 
Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they, they put a lot, a lot of pressure on family. Um, and when you're working full, when, you, when both my aunt and myself work full time, it's, and we have our own families, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult because you're caught in a hard, a rock in a hard place. Because I know, I know. You want to care for her with everything you have. Yeah. But unfortunately, circumstances don't allow it. Mm. So with three carers, you and your aunt, she's well looked yeah. after now. Oh, she, she is. She is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She. But you heard of some of the stories this morning, which isn't the case at all, whether it's the story oh, yeah. of the elderly lady McCroom or another elderly lady in Blackpool that Thomas telling us about, for instance. Yeah, it breaks my heart um, because it's... It, I, I dread to think what situation my grandmother would have been in if... If she didn't, if if my aunt and myself weren't here, and you're advocating yeah. on her behalf as well, well done. Yeah, good stuff. Oh yeah, okay. she's right. amazing. She's a nurse, so she she's it's in her. Okay, thanks for that, Jessica. It's um, sad to hear. Uh, you know, people say, "Oh, there's family, and they don't want to get involved, or they don't want to know." But then you heard a very emotional caller a few minutes time saying. Yeah, and we were told that, we were accused of that by HSC saying, you know, family, you need to pull your weight here. But we were dealing with a father who was a very violent, brutal beast of a man who beat us all every day of our lives and beat our mother every day of our lives. Why would we want to help such an evil man who ruined so many lives? I get that, I guess that, I get that because, you know... Uh, there sometimes there can be a genuine reason as to why you don't want to intervene or get involved in someone who was so cruel and brutal to you. Um, let the, let them live their own life lonely and die alone with the regrets that are theirs and theirs alone. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, my partner is a home health coordinator. The unions brought in these new rosters. They wanted them. So did the majority of the home helps apparently rosters. Well, let's have a... A look at that and see if the home care assistants actually did want it. So here's the, another um, clarification. Under new HSE contracts, all home care assistants, which is what we are now called, we are not home helps any longer, home care assistants will be on a, ro- a rota basis. We will have to find our own cover if going on holiday from within the group in the same rota. The HSE is trying to fix a system that is broken by making the whole system worse. And many then wondering what qualifications you need to be a home care assistant. So perhaps somebody might clarify that for people who might want to take it up as a career path. A passion is what you need for to begin with. That would be the main qualification, I would think. But for all of the others, uh, text 0868104106. I want to go back to a conversation that I had earlier on with uh, Tom. And he originally texted saying, the stories you're telling this morning are not the only only elderly people not getting home help. I know of a lady who is, has a walking frame and crawling with the dirt. I did her shopping for her this morning because she couldn't afford, all she could afford is bread and milk. Now, if you drill into that, as I did with Tom, there's a lot more going on in that where the ambulances have been, sorry, fire brigades have been called out, Gardaí go in through the windows and things like that. The woman attempts to light fires and fire alarms go off and the ambulance, she's trying to light the fire in the grate, hasn't changed her clothes in a long, long time. So she has no help whatsoever, apart from the likes of Tom uh, looking out for her. So we put in a call to Paddy O'Brien, who advocates on behalf of the elderly, uh, does incredible work and has done for many decades. And I believe that already this morning, Paddy has visited that home in the Blackpool area. Paddy, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Neil. And that was a pathetic story, plus all the other ones you've come on since. Now, yeah. now just, uh, just one thing. I, I know of the general area, but I don't want to know the specific area. So thank you for that. 
Yeah, you know the area, do you? I do, I do. I know it yeah. very well, but we'll say no yeah, more yeah. about that. Of course you do, of course you do. I, I know, I know. Yeah, well, I went, I went off out there and I went into the house and the house is in appalling conditions. Appalling. Um, it's, uh, as people pass in their motor cars, they never realise there was so much hardship and experienced by anyone. And I would have to point a finger, nobody else but the HSC. And I don't like doing this. Possibly. When you called to the door, was she happy for you to come in? She was, yeah. She was. I said, my name is Paddy O'Brien. I work with the elderly. And she said, come in. We come in. And she's bent over, the poor lady. She's bent over completely. Um, the house is in a bad state. She sleeps on the floor. She showed me exactly. There was like um, a sheet on the floor, not even a blanket, not even a mattress. She sleeps on the floor. And the point, the, the reason I am pointing the finger at the HSE is this. That on a few occasions, she was taken away by ambulance. And the authorities would have seen the conditions she was on, living under. Right. Um, you can see it when the front doors open. Front door opens. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. The, 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 I said, there's no lock. I will try and get a lock. Uh, a lock fitted for her. Um, she has. She's not afraid. She's not nervous about the whole whole the whole situation. I mean, her front door but, doesn't close. Lock is it? Yeah. yeah exactly. You yeah, can open exactly. it and walk in. Yeah, oh yes, that's, that's, that's a, a no problem. She has no heat. Then I suggested meals or meals to her, and she said, no, she doesn't like mashed potatoes. But I mean, like, the situation is this, that um, if there was a, a public health nurse involved there, they could sort of speak to the people who cook these meals and say, okay. And what does she do for food? I mean, Tom says yeah. he just brings her, she just eats milk she and said, bread. And she said she, she said that she cooks herself. No, that's what she said, but I was looking around the place, I didn't see any signs of, of uh, cooking. But I met other neighbours on the street then, and they were saying to me that uh, it's the whole, uh, they had an idea. They were never inside in the house. They were inside in the house, and they couldn't understand how she, she uh, allow, allowed me in. So I'm contacting the help hours again. I'll contact and is, does, is she hoarding? Is there a lot of rubbish? Because clearly she doesn't put bins Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, plastic bags in the hall, and then plastic bags around the kitchen. And uh, it's cold. It's a really, really Has cold. Has she light heat? Has she got electricity? She has. She has electricity. She has electricity. But um, if, if, if I looked at her fireplace, and what I noticed about it, it was the cleanest part of the house. It was the cleanest part of the house, which meant there wasn't a fire lit there for a long, 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 a long time. No, the lady should not be there at all. Okay, she wa- has a walking frame, I believe, is it? So she doesn't use yeah, the... I know, those, I know those little houses. There's an upstairs in them. She doesn't use that. No. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, no, no. She could manage the stairs. She would be able to manage the, manage the stairs at all, at all. But the thing is that um, what should happen, quite honestly... Um, that lady is only fit for long, long-term long care while she's going to get proper care and attention. And when the health board on a few occasions took her in by ambulance, she should have not, they should have not returned her back to that house. One, one neighbour told me that she was taken away one day or one evening by ambulance and brought back again the following day. Back to those appalling conditions. But That's clearly awful. somebody would have walked in through the front door like you did to bring her back home and seen the conditions. Yeah, well, that, that's, that, that is the point I'm making. That people representing the HSC, I mean, I'm not blaming the paramedics, I'm far from it, but what I am saying that, and I've said this in your program before, I think 
that if, if a person is brought in by ambulance or a person is leaving hospital and the records at, at the hospital that the, the, the elderly person is living alone, a social worker like they do in the UK should go check out the situation at home in the house. If things are in proper order, that lady is not left home at all, at all, at all. But, what, but what about the, say for instance, I'm just thinking out loud, what about the rights of the individual here who is, okay, might have restricted in movements and maybe elderly, but still... Yeah can make a decision for themselves and say, no, I want to go home, it's my home, bring me home and leave me alone. What about the rights of the individual who might say uh, well, that? Well, well you, 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 you are right, right there, but somebody would have to have speak, talk sense to her. It would take a bit of doing, quite honestly. I mean, anyone, anyone in any state, if they were told that, right, you're finished, you're at your home, and you're... And it's no long-term care for you. Yeah. I can appreciate because of that experience as well with people. But I would say they would have, they would have to do everything. And everything, everything. I mean, they could say, well, you'll put your nurse home for a few weeks only until the house is done up. And she gets used to the home. But there's I mean, another elderly what, woman across the road near there and she has no light or heat whatsoever. And uh, well, sits can outside I, the can I just say, can, can I just say this? That there are five and a half thousand elderly people in Cork City over the years of 65. And what we're hearing this morning are not isolated cases. It's happening wholesale. It's happening. I mean, we have 12, nearly 13,000 elderly people over 65 years of age, but five and a half elderly living alone. And the, the HSC must do something. There must be records there of the, the who, what people are living alone. And it's up to them to provide public health nurses. They don't, that people don't have to go but to... We have public health them. nurses. Is it that we don't um, have enough of them? No, we don't have enough of them. Oh, we don't have enough of them at all, at all, at all. And I must say that we had another case there last week that you speak to a lovely lady from and the other part, the other part of the city, and they must said that I rang the public nurse there. Well, people were looking for an update on Phil. I won't go into much detail on no, air there. No, 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 no. All I'm it, saying yeah. is, all I am saying is this: is that the public health nurse did call, and she was very helpful. Good. But I mean, the, 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 I, and I said in your program last week, when there's a discussion in that particular case, I said the home, the, not your, not your GP, not your council, not your TD, the public nurse, public health nurse is the person who puts the wheel, gets the wheels going, turn things get going. And I can, are you going to ruin this very morning and explain the situation? What's going I, to happen going with that lady then in Blackpool? Do you know? Well, what, what does she what, need? What, what did she say to what, you? What, well, what she said to me, no, she was, she was saying that um, I said I can bring you food. No, I cook my own food, she said, but I didn't want to say to her, look, there's no signs of food here. And I said, I'll get onto the health board and, and we'll organise... Um, um, meals and meals for you. She said, I don't like mashed potatoes. And I said, look, I'll still get on. I'm going to call for, I'm going to phone a public health nurse this morning for that area. And they, they make other calls in the area there as well. They call in and look at the, look at the situation. I mean, I spoke to a few neighbours. You know, they were at the door there and chatting to them, to each of them, and they were all saying, that woman, we're going to hear she's going to die inside in the house and we're going to have a repetition. Yeah, because a man did die in there, wasn't discovered yeah, for months. Year, well, a repetition of what occurred three years ago. That can be avoided that if that if the HC now will come aboard and say, okay, look, okay. send folks help nurse, come in at the hospital, just see what the situation is, and then they can, okay. they can make up their well the mind well to done. do that. Well done. Just finally, though, can you see it from another perspective when people say that families need to 
carry the weight of responsibility themselves, that it isn't always as straightforward as that. Yeah, oh, I can, I can, I can, but I can, but I always look at it this way, I said to people, because I've, I've come across many cases where a son or daughter wouldn't speak to, speak to his parents, and um, I, I'm not a professional social worker, I'm far from it, but I would always say to these people, and this is, this is my pet phrase, and I would say to them, listen, your mother did you the greatest favour in the world. She brought you into this world. She brought you into the world. She gave you life. Keep that in mind. Mm. I know you're not healthier. And all she wants is one thing, a bit of love. And you can give her that love by a visit. She's not looking for any money from you. And just visit her, visit, visit. Mm. No, I suppose the point I'm making is that I was chatting with a lady there a few minutes ago and she had an awful childhood and uh, there was fierce brutality in the home and she couldn't even bear to be in the same room as the man, never mind be his carer. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard that was that yeah. was just awful, yeah. yeah. I heard that that interview as well. But what I've already said, and I'm going to repeat myself, Neil, thanks to yourself um, for, for highlighting such cases because the cases we're listening to this morning and the last week are not isolated. They are happening. They are yeah. happening. Okay. And I would say to, to neighbours, don't be afraid to ring Neil Prendable yeah. because Neil will not mention anyone's name. If you ring the station, he will not ring your name. Just give them the, the details of whoever who if you feel is being not being well looked after. Neglected. And, and, and we can put the wheels in motion to do something about it. But right. again, they're not isolated cases. Five and a half thousand elderly living alone and a lot of other endangered. Okay, okay. Glad that you paid a visit this morning at short notice, Paddy. Thanks again as always. Thank you, Paddy O'Brien, advocate on behalf of the elderly. Do get in touch. Text 0868104106. Hold on there, Martha. I'll talk to you after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Yes, indeed. Just before we go back to phone calls, it's uh, competizione time with a 10 thousand euro prize that you can spend at Soundstore celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. It really is a superstore. I was down there myself a fortnight ago. So 10,000 euro. Phone lines are open. 0818104106. We know at this stage that two of our celebrity voices have been guessed, but there's five of them. It's the five star giveaway. You need to identify all five voices. They are well known. So just keep on guessing. We know of two already, but it's the other three that need to be identified for €10,000. I love Corks. Red FM. You can guess as often as you want if you're lucky enough to get through. So 0818104106 and we'll take a lash of guesses between now and uh, midday today. €10,000 to give away. Just a fast few texts here so far um, with regards to topics we've been dealing with. Uh, this morning, um, uh, somebody taking me to task saying, you are making people nervous about going for their pensions. Yes, one little person got caught up by a pup. And look, Neil, one is too many. But you can't make people nervous about going out to get their shopping and their pension as people need to get out of their house, says Marie from Clan. I know that, but I can't ignore it. On the other hand, this was an 85-year-old woman who walked from Wellington Road down to the post office in St. Luke's, I believe, Uh, that she was, somebody was watching the post office and when she came out, uh, they followed her and ripped the bag from her and uh, thankfully, um, I can't say any more about it than that now but the Gardaí investigated. We'll say no more for now. I don't mean to make people nervous, just aware. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, one or two lots then, unfortunately, very sad news with regards to uh, Vicky Phelan. And now we talk of books of condolences. Uh, somebody's suggesting, Frank is right, if flags can be flown at half-mast for Queen Elizabeth, 
then it's the least the government can do in memory of Ireland's uncrowned queen, Vicky Phelan. Personally, I think it warrants a national day of mourning. I don't know whether any flags are flying at half-mast. I don't know whether Cork City Hall's flag is flying at half-mast. But I agree with you, Frank. I think it is an opportunity and it should be done. Uh, Why is nobody talking about Tony Hulhan, who tried to cover up this whole mess and refused to apologise and dragged them screaming and lowering up? He got the freedom of Dublin after it. What a total disgrace. My heart is broken on the passing of Vicky Phelan. I feel I knew her. I'm so proud of her fight. May she rest in peace, says Tony in Douglas. Uh, it was the HSE that killed these poor women. And many of them should be investigated. And perhaps one or two should be in jail for trying to cover it up. And one or two more. Wait and see how the politicians will try and figure out ways to hijack and use this poor woman's death for their own benefits. Any chance you could get a comment from Hulahan on the tragic death of Vicky Phelan and his role in the cervical cancer scandal. Thank you for those texts. That's the way you guys feel about it. And I certainly can't disagree with any of those texts. I think there's lots of platitudes now talking about Vicky Phelan and the wonder uh, of her life and how powerful she was and heroic and everything. And she was all of that. But she was a victim of neglect at the end of the day. And we need to keep that front and centre as well. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone just like Martha did. And she joins me by phone. Martha, thank you for the wait. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to read a fantastic article on you in the Echo. But the photocopy print is a bit vague. But it talks oh, about... Oh, that's okay. It talks about your career as a healthcare assistant in St. Luke's yeah. Home and Man. Beautiful photograph, right. incidentally. Love the photograph. Oh, God. Neil, I had no makeup now, no hair, brush or anything, but it's grand. <laughs> well, they couldn't, they couldn't have made it any bigger. It's enormous. I know. And I actually thought when they said a small picture, I thought it'd just be a tiny little picture. And then when I opened up the deck, I said, oh, my God, the size of that. You, Huge. You do not need makeup. In fact, I don't Gee. believe any women need makeup, but that's oh. for another day. Anyway. So tell so. me, um, you, you, this is your. Somebody's. I got a text in saying, "What qualifications does one need to become okay. a, a home yeah. care or a healthcare assistant?" Yeah, so I work at the moment, um, Neil, in St. Luke's Home. We're very fortunate to have a fabulous education centre. So it's a Norwich house. So they do um, a care, care skills course over there. It's a FeeTech level five course in uh, Norwich house. And they, like, I think they, like if they want to the ring now, they can. But like, you, I think it's a FeeTech level five you need. So FeeTech level, level five is the care, entry care of the older person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. care of the older person and care skills in it, definitely. But um, myself and one of my very close friends, Claire Maxweeney, we actually came we actually approached North House because Neil we found that um, like I would get an awful lot of work experience people that would come on the floor as work experience but like you know yourself now Neil like during Covid people change career and like they're after losing like the home from home touch so like just say Neil like you're on the air all your life and you want to change your career and you come in with me to work in nursing home and I say to you Neil go down there and get the hoist like you haven't a clue what the hoist is and I found that like poor people like that were coming and work experience we like the staff were getting a bit frustrated with them and no fault of their own and like I was saying like what can we do so myself and my best friend Claire Maxweeney came up with this course it's a whole day it's nine until four we bring people in it's all back to basics Neil um, about basic care about like um, how to do a bed bath yeah. how, you might say oh god how, how to shave someone like how to shave a man how to deal with somebody who has behavioural problems yeah. people that might come in um, that like it's, it's dealing with everything I but I'm a huge oh, believer of work experience because otherwise how does somebody yeah. find out if they'd like it that's as a it. career? That's exactly, that's it. And like, you know, like, You're doing some good people, work like, there. 
Yeah, it's not for everybody, Neil. Caring isn't for everyone. And I say that to everyone, give it a go, because it's, it's a very sad, it's a very tiring, it's a very, very tough job. Why is it sad, like, though? Why do you say sad? It, it's very sad because you have people that will come into your care and they might have no family members at all. And, like, you, you go into them and say, oh, my God, you're here today, I'm delighted. And they'd, like, they'd be giving you a smile and you'll be giving them a smile. And, like, Neil, like, during COVID, like, there is, I would never forget it, I had to do a WhatsApp call with a nurse in the COH. I had a resident that was dying. Her husband was very sick in the COH. Oh. They couldn't see each other. I had to do a WhatsApp call with a nurse in the COH. And like they were saying their goodbyes to each other. And I was like, am I, am I dreaming this? Am I actually dreaming this? The husband and this? wife were like, saying their goodbyes on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. On, on Zoom. Like, and th- th- this woman had a tear coming down her eye. She, she couldn't communicate. But I knew I was holding her hand and I was rubbing her face. And I was like, you're okay. And it's... Like it's just it's so oh, disheartening, you'd want you know. To have it's the so disheartening. Of a lion like, to be able I, to do a job like that. I drove home on the link road. I actually don't know how I drove home. I, I had tears in my eyes. I came home to my family, and I was like, "John, like you just really appreciate your family so much." But is it is that not a problem that you take the work home in your mind? Yeah, yeah. You oh, you do. And anyone that says they don't, I don't know how they do. Or is it maybe just me and just a big softy? Um, but like, I would like take. I I, and I I wouldn't take things home now. But like, you'll be thinking of people saying, "Oh God, I'm off now for two days. Are they okay?" And like, or oh, they're going if respite's coming. Oh, they're going home now. Will they be okay when they go home? And they like, you get a great bond with the residents you're looking after. Like, you could be the only person they see all day, every day. Like you get a great bond with these people, and these people of Ireland are so special. Yeah. Like they've worked hard all their life. I know. They it. deserve the best of the best care. I know. I wish I had more time. I may come back to you and talk to you later in the week. It's a lovely article, actually. You're going to continue it's to lovely. do. You're going to continue to your, do your job um, until what happens. God, Neil, until I retire, it's it. No, no, no. It says here <laughs> when you win the lotto. When I win the lotto, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but can I just what? say on a personal note, thank Pardon? you all, can I just say on a personal note, thank you all so much down in St. Luke's home in Mahan for the care and Aww. attention and the kindness you showed to my aunt, Mary Martin, who passed Mary away Martin. recently. Now, Mary yeah, Martin passed away recently and she was my mother's sister. Uh, and you right. were so yeah. kind to her down through the years. I just wanted to take That's this right. opportunity to say thank you. Thanks so much, Neil. Thank Thanks. You. And she was a lovely, lovely lady. Wasn't was she lady. a lady? She was a lady. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. A lady, a beautiful woman. And her family were beautiful yeah, as well. One She's nicer than the one. next. And tell me this. Yeah. Now, I got a text yeah. here saying, Martha, what a lovely lady from the nursing home. My pleasure to work with her. And all of the residents love you as well, Martha. That's oh, an God. unsigned Thanks. text there from a work colleague of yours. So there you go. Oh, that's right. And can I just say, for myself, I just want to say to all the carers in Ireland, all the home heads, but especially all my colleagues in St. Louis, St. Nick's home, I'm so proud of them. They work so hard and they deserve, we actually haven't got our thousand euro yet. There I don't know why. That doesn't fucking surprise we, me. We deserve it so much. And do you know what? It's a tough job, but I absolutely love it. And I um, I adore all the residents in St. Nick's home. And all the home heads around Ireland, they should be very proud of themselves because everyone in Ireland, like, Neil, you hear of nurses and doctors, but behind every nurse and a doctor, there's a running care assistant and the care assistants are the heartbeat of any hospital, yeah, any nursing home. We talked about that yesterday. That, we spoke about yeah, aspects of the yeah. care system in the hospitals where they're not yeah. getting any review of their pay. These yeah. are the people that keep the place yeah. hygienically as clean as they can. Housekeeping. Exactly. Listen, great to chat, Martha. It's so great you to too, catch up with you. Thank Thanks you. so much. God Mind bless you. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Neil's five star giveaway. We'll do it now, with Sound Store celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. So if I do a blast of them now, lads, I might get another few on the other side of the ad break, if you like. Five stars. Let's get to the phone lines. Helen O'Sullivan's in Toker. Helen, good morning. 
Okay, five voices. Here they are. We know of two of them. Here are the other ones. I I love hang on a second. I made a, I made a hames of that. Have a listen. I love corks. Right. How do you think? Niall Horan, Adele, Vogue Williams, Laura Whittemore, and Aldrin O'Halloran. Do you know Dougal from Father Ted? I pretend I do, but I don't. But either way, you still only got two. The same two again that have already been guessed. So try again soon, Helena. Take care. Alish is in Carrigal Line. Alish? How are you? Have a listen to this. I love Corks. Five voices, I'll give you ten grand. Go on. Mario... Mario Rosenstock, Laura Whitmore, Saoirse Ronan, Killian Murphy, and Night Horn. Same two again, girl. Sorry about that. Okay, Good guesses. Thanks. Keep trying, though. Feel free to call back anytime you so wish. Martin's Thank in you. Dublin Hill. Martin? Yeah, no. Same two again. Hang on a second there. Let me just get Martin. Have a listen to this. I love Corks. Right. What do you think, Martin? Uh, Killian Murphy, Laura Whitmore, Dorina Allen. No horn and no Fitzpatrick. No, pal. No, not today. Not today. Nor tonight, Josephine. Same two. Keep getting guessed. Uh, let's go to line six. Jerome's in y'all. Jerome? Hi, Neil. Have a listen, pal. I love Corks. Right. FM. Ten grand. It's all yours. Uh, I go for uh, Nile Horan, Laura Whitmore, Kelef uh, Fitzpatrick, Sinula J, and John Creedon. Creedon's been guest as well a few times. Great guy, but not on our list. Apologies for that. So to all of you guys with regards to new guesses being right, <coughs> no sorry. Can we get maybe one or two more the other side of the break? 0818-104-106. Neil's five-star giveaway. With Sound Store for everything electrical. Wake up to Red Breakfast with Kira, Laura, and Rob Heffernan. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No. Now, Kira wasn't doing that free thing the first time. <laughs> Thank you. I am Darth also Vader. Also very strange. Very strange. Michael, did we play the part well? Do you know what the movie is? Yeah, it's uh, Star Wars Oscar winning material. Yes, <laughs> fine. Red Breakfast with Rob, Kira, and Laura. Weekdays from 6 a.m. With My Expressway. Travel with Expressway from Cork to major towns and cities. Take it easy and visit expressway.ie today. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Neil's five star giveaway. With Sound Store. Celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. 10 grand to walk through the doors to spend on whatever you wish. No questions asked. 10,000, buy whatever you want to the value of 10 grand at Soundstore, their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. One of the great benefits of this is you can pretty much drive right up to the door. In fact, the doors are wide enough you could drive right through it, but I wouldn't recommend that. So 10 grand to give away. Back to the phone lines we go. First call, uh, Martha in Dublin Hill. Martha, good morning. Morning. Everyone gets an opportunity to hear the voices. We pretty much know of two now. I love Corks. Right, FM. What do you think? Nile Horry, Lord Whitmore, Nigella Lawson, Marky Murphy, and Lucy Kennedy. No, but apart from the two that we know, the other three are. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) I know. Good luck all the same. Let me talk to Mina in the lock. Mina, good morning. 
Hi Neil. Okay, um, you get a chance well, to listen again, right? Oh, I love corks. Right. FM. What do you think? Oh, I think it's Neville Maguire, Laura Whitmore, Nigella Lawson, Lyra, and Niall Horan. Well, the two we know, right, are correct, but the other oh. three are incorrect. Oh, okay, thanks, Neil. Feel free to try again, though, anytime you want. Francis and Balafi Han, good morning. Hi. Have a listen. Um, Five voices, ten grand, couldn't be simpler. I have no idea why you're not getting it right. I love corks. Right. FM. Easy, easy for you to say, says you, because yeah. I know the answers, isn't it? Right. Laura Whitmore, Niall Horan, Angela Lansbury, Michael Flatley, and Rod Stewart. Now, that's very interesting. Um, you have got a voice right. Um, I'm going to give this to you, even though you're not given to me in the right order. Do you get what I'm saying? Have a listen to this. I love corks. Right. FM. So, do you want to rejig them in any way? Okay. Uh, can you play it one more time? <laughs> sure, I have all day. I have all day, sure. I love corks. Right. FM. Okay. Niall Horan, Laura Whitmore, Angela Lansbury, Rod Stewart and Michael Flatley. Doesn't really matter. Where this would become an issue is if you got a f- all five right and had them in the wrong order. Oh, forgive me for nearly giving you a heart attack thinking you'd won 10 grand. <laughs> you, no, you, you haven't won 10 grand, but you have guessed a third voice. Yeah, and I know who it is because I recognise Vo- Alright, well, we'll, we'll say nothing okay. about that, right? For fear that we'd spoil it. But what I can say at this stage is that I'll give you a ding for a correct third voice.